Sandworms. The Kwisatz Haderach. Chris Knife. Shields. The Gom Jabbar. Mentat. Life's Water. The Bene Gesserit. Breeding Programs. Intimate Desert Politics. Fear is the Mind Killer. Floating Pederasty. Shea Halud, Blessed Be the Maker. Suspenders. The Voice on NBC. Oh. <laughs> the Weirding Way. Ducal. Concubine. Polygamy. Is that it? Polygamy? 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 <laughs> Polygamy. Yeah, that that isn't even a made-up game! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> All that and more on this episode of My Arms Are Lasers, featuring the seminal sci-fi epic, Dune! Let's read books. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to My Arms Are Lasers. Welcome, the world's best sci-fi book club. I think I it's the best. only one. I think we're the only <laughs> podcast ever on that the exists. It's Anyways, the only one I've heard of. I'm Nick Allen. I'm Aaron Waltke. I'm Brian Carney. Matt Loman. All right. And today we're discussing the et al. The et- oh no, pr- the Paramounts. I don't know the the one that's I don't know the, creme, the Lord the of the Rings of but the pre- of sci-fi the precipice yes the yes. precipice kind of felt like we had book. it when Aaron said seminal the Paragon <laughs> yeah the Simon the really cool one the summit the Dune ho- the hottest the Paramount the Quasar's <laughs> Hatteratch the NBC Universal the one the book that's everywhere all at once yeah, <laughs> yes yeah, all right yeah. Dune by Frank Herbert yes couple facts. Couple facts. Dune, published in 1965. A year later, it won the Hugo Award in 1966. And also, that year, won the very first Nebula Award for Best Novel. Ooh. Wow. Well, I only read books that win awards. <laughs> that's the first thing I look for. Well, that's good. There were several in this one. <laughs> so that should, co- that should cover you for at least like two other books that didn't win any awards, right? Yeah. They like bank up. Someone has to convince me with how many accolades a book has has received, and then I'll be like, well, that has at least five. That means it has That determines whether you read it or not? Yes. That's why I'm always like 18 months behind on like movies, because I'm like, all right, let's see how Gone Girl plays out. Let's see how many Oscars. Let's see what's on this hot list. Let's see how many little brass mans this movie gets. I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, watching 12 Years a Slave in the next like six months or so. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear I, a lot of things about it. I really hope a Leonardo DiCaprio movie wins an Oscar soon so I can watch it. <laughs> so, Dune. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the book I've read the most outside of A Song of Ice and Fire. Really? You, you've read uh, it multiple times. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, As a kid, I, I probably know. read it before like I knew what half of it meant. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then I probably tried the push beyond, you know, to the sequels, maybe twice, stopping after the second one. You got farther than I did. Yeah. I, I read, actually, all of the original Dune series. I got to yeah. the thir- I finished the third one. It's Well, I can fill you in, because I don't think we're going to cover any of the other Dune books in this <laughs> podcast <laughs> as we go. But, uh, yeah, are, are we in the part of the podcast where we talk about our personal relationship to the, the book? Well, I think we are now. We are now. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you segue. So That's, that's how you segue. segue. Now we're in the segue. part of the, bo- the podcast where we talk about our personal relationship to the book. I'll have to work on the theme part for that. But da 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 So, 
Lord of the my uh, let me give you a little bit of backstory of my history with literature at large. It's very short, Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's true. Oh, no, no, no. It's very there's short. A, there's a because when I, when I was a kid, I read only Goosebumps books, right? <laughs> like exclusively. Where are you on Goosebuds? <laughs> R.L. Stein or I no one a, else? He said I could be a guest on that one. Where are Any, you permanent? <laughs> Anyway, because I'm not a YouTube sensation. Uh, 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 so The youth tubes. Yeah. So I, I read exclusively Goosebumps, and then my dad, desperate, because he saw like my brain decaying and like kids turning into <laughs> bees and shit. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought that was Animorphs. No, no, no. I'm sure it's an Animorphs thing, too, but there's, an, there's a whole book dedicated to like, help, I'm a bee now, is oh, the name okay. of the title. <laughs> And it's Aaron's title. favorite book. <laughs> but uh, Carl Stein's a monster. <laughs> but my dad, desperate, like first he tried the Hardy Boys, and he gave me like, "Hey, here's my Hardy Boys. Maybe you should read these Hardy Boys and get off the fucking." And you're like, "Dad, these are like goosebumps for kids in the '50s." Yeah, and but I, Hardy Boys. Hardy first... Boys didn't work because you didn't have a brother. Yeah, and I also yeah. got a cove of pirates. <laughs> yeah, and a den of smugglers. No, the one, I remember specifically this one was like, "Uh oh, there's a mummy," and I was like, "I already read that goosebumps, Dad." Fuck you. Uh, so oh, I was mummy. like... They had so, Avernus Papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> you should, should change it up and at least like giving you boxcar children or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, like He tried all this stuff. Then finally he was like... Uh, I was sitting in a car with him and he, and he was listening to the book on tape for Ho- The Hobbit. And that was the first book that I was like, hey, this is like Goosebumps, but there's characters. <laughs> uh, and so I listened to Hobbit. I was enthralled. I read the whole lo- My dad was like, saw his chance, like, here's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, son. And so I read that. And then after that, I was like, what else you got, Pops? And he goes, well, I got this book. I like this. And he hands me Dune. It was, Whoa, I was in seventh grade. And he's like, read this, check it out. This is one of my favorite sci-fi. You know, you've got fantasy cover. So I read Dune, and it blows my fucking gourd. Like, I don't know how to react to it other than just like, yeah, sure, I'll read about CH politics. (laughs) And and Tell me more about the Lansrad. (laughs) So, sandworms, you say. Uh, That's pretty cool. So I read that, and... That book was was so advanced that we had this. It was basically like the you know Pizza Hut had that bucket system oh, yeah. where you got pizzas. Yeah, I ran bucket. We had that. We had that, and but we huh. also in school had a program where it was just a class called reading class, and you would take us. You would take the the hour in class and just read a book of your choice, hmm. and you would get school credit for it. And I actually cleared all of the reading credits for that class within the first, second week. So the rest of the time, I was just sitting there reading whatever the shit <laughs> yeah, I wanted. Same here. Wait, and what were the credits? Like, they had, like, a, a book list or something? Yeah, they had, well, they no, had... No, you just had to fill out a thing, like, how many pages it was. And there was, oh. like, stations. And then you would go to the first station, and you'd get, like, a Pizza Hut personal pan pizza certificate. Yeah. And then you read 300 pages, and you moved to the second one. Oh. Like, it sounds like me and Aaron were on the same page where... So you read, like, one we, book, one, like, decent side yeah. novel, and you've cleared well, it. I get it. I, it sounds like me and Aaron were on the same page where, at the beginning of the school year, we turned in our book at slips, went around it eight times. Yeah. And was just done. Yeah. And you're like, okay. But then I, I that gave me an opportunity. I was like, well, I guess I get to read the rest of Dune, and then after that was Ender's Game, which we already talked about. But right. I, I, I was, I just consumed them all, and for me to, for that to be like one of the first major book series, 
the the series itself is insane. Yeah, like it <laughs> it spans like eight thousand years. Damn. None of the same characters that you cared about are in it, except for like one. Uh, Who wasn't in the first one? Yeah, he was barely in the first one. Duncan Ooh. Idaho. No. Oh, cool. He and he, he, he comes back Gaula. as a Gaul or Gaula. He's dead. He's basically a clone. No, okay. it's like he he gets he dies like basically off screen in in, in the first novel. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hinted at his awesomeness to, throughout the second one, and then he's like the main dude for like the next eight. I was yeah. super sad when he died in the book because I really liked his name. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Duncan Idaho, well, that's the coolest news. name, and he's good dead. News, he comes back in 8,000 years. Well, I should Mul- go read that book then. Multiple versions of him. Yeah. Oh, that, that's just whole... an art clone army of, of Duncan Idaho, Duncan yeah. Nebraska, Duncan South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going, we're just taking all the plain states. But I, I remember specifically, like, they did, uh, they, we had Duncan, a system. Indiana's my favorite. We had a system in my school where uh, this, we had a computerized version where you would take a quiz that some, like, underpaid teacher had made for whatever book you typed in. Right. And it was, like, considered revolutionary, but they didn't have Dune. So me being so like the prodigy it? child said, "Hey, can I make this one?" And so I did it right, and I was expecting it to get like fifty points, which is like a you know like war, war and peace. <laughs> and then and then I put and the the questions for determining how many points the books get were stupid. It was like <laughs> it was like sounds like Aaron got a bad. It was score. page length. Yeah. It was page length, and then it was Set like up. turn to random page two hundred and fifty five. What's the third word down? Depending on how many syllables that word is, that will affect the score of the book. Sounds like someone got an eight. Uh, So I I thought it was going to be 50, and it got 20, and I was like, this book is worth more than 20 points. So I just changed the the page length to like 800 pages and got it up to 40 points. (laughs) You're a monster. Way to game the system. But then I think they found out easily, but they gave it to me anyway. Would Paul have done that? (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. In order to avoid the jihad. No, but he is the jihad. But he, he doesn't want the jihad. But he can't but avoid the But it's in his name. His name's a killing word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, any personal stories from this? Uh, nothing quite that involved. I just know that as I, <laughs> as I was reading it, like, uh, going through it again recently, I, it struck me at how... Um, two things struck me that have been kind of in the back of my head were, that I picked up from this book, and that was never sit with your uh, back to the door. <laughs> I was like, I realized that's where this came from. No, it's, it comes from the mafia. <laughs> well, that too. But I, but I, I picked it. But I, I it came from it Wild Bill Hickok, who got killed with the dead man's hand. Doesn't matter where it reason. actually came from. I picked it up from this book because okay. I remember specifically thinking that in my book, or thinking that when I was at that age, and like, oh, that's a good idea. I got to remember that. And then the other thing was the uh, the speech he does. The fear is a mind killer. That's great. But I just remember that bit, and so whenever like something would happen, like that would just kind of like somebody fear. mentioned fear, like I would just hear that that one line. Go you just let head. it wash yeah, over and I'm just like, oh yeah. Here is a little death to bring. Fearless Carney. That's why he's never scared. Never scared of anything ever, except just, tall just... things and spiders and deep oceans <laughs> and things. regular oceans and, and emotional connections. <laughs> so scared of those. But uh, yeah, those were the two things. I was going through it again. I'm like, oh yeah, damn. This got me. This was like kind of slightly formidable like over my very formidable years like these things stuck with me throughout and i have dune to thank for those this book is where i learned what jihad was 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and oh then, yeah, me like, too. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is before nine eleven. Then after that, our war on tra- terror started, and the the media started throwing. And everyone's copying. Yeah, everyone's going like, after Frank Herbert. And so the media's like, like Fox News is like, oh yeah, the, the terrorists are claiming jihad against America. And, like, and then oh, you're they're like, going, yeah, they're going to outer space to, to overthrow the emperor. Yeah, I was like, good, get rid of this Harkonnen. Oh, I don't want him around. Wait, are we the Harkonnen? Shit, son of a bitch, guys. It's a dark time. What about you, Matt? What's your personal relationship with the book? Uh, so I was, um, as as I discussed in the middle of Aaron's story, sorry, Aaron, um, I was also a pretty uh, voracious reader, and I outgrew like goosebumps and stuff pretty quick. I read Jurassic Park when I was in third grade. Ooh, that's, that's a how, good read, That's too. how excited I was for the movie. I was like, I, just, I gotta know. Um, and But Dune was one of the books that I got, I was probably fifth, sixth grade, and I got halfway through it, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I got rid of it. And then uh, in high school, um, I thought I could trick smart girls into liking me by looking like I was deep. Mistake. So I picked it back up as a prop. And uh, <laughs> I actually started to read it. And uh, I got no girls because uh, I got really into Dune. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I came into it. Um, I came into Dune probably right after uh, or right before Snow Crash. No, it was right after. It was right after Snow Crash uh, in high school. And it just kind of really... Um, affected me which is um weird i have a list of some stuff that i want to get to after we get to nicks but it's uh um it's just so sprawling uh and i just uh i couldn't i couldn't put it down once i my brain had matured to the point um where i could handle it so (laughs) dude no nick tell your story yeah what do you got i thought i did i did a couple of stories i don't know it was um hmm my father and i love sci-fi and he's more like into like the hp lovecraft but I remember by his bed, he always had just a giant stack of crappy, rundown sci-fi books that have been worn down because he read so much. And this this was one of them. I took off the pile. So, yeah. do you remember the cover? Like, what what drew you to Dune? Was there like a giant worm, or was it just a mountain of sand? Actually, and you're was like, it just a four-letter yeah. word that you could read? I, think I don't know. <laughs> Done. I it know was, that one. <laughs> oh, done. Did you get the the ten the one that's worth like ten thousand dollars? The first print. I. Th- it was, I think it's the one with, like, Paul, or you, you don't know who it is. It's, like, silhouetted on a sand dune. Oh, and I yeah, think there yeah, was yeah. a worm on it in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you were like, Tremors? Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one I read, too. All right. All right. Where's Kevin Bacon? Let's see him. And then... Where's K-Bakes? I, KB. This, like, like Game of Thrones, I've read so much that the front, the cover falls off, all, all the paperwork conditions. <laughs> oh. So I eventually lose that page, or the, the cover. Yeah. Don't need it. Slowing <laughs> you, know, you down. Really Fine. is. So now I I know books by their dedication pages. <laughs> <laughs> to oh. my wife. I love To My Wife. <laughs> oh, To Irene? Have you read To Irene? Uh, there's sandworms and feudal politics. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, and then this one, To the Infantrymen, uh, there's power armor and they fight giant bugs. <laughs> are, are we going to just go around and try to do a 10-second summary of the book? 10-second summary of the book? 10-second summary. Sure. Go for it. All right. And... Paul Atreides, a young ducal heir, uh, takes a bunch of drugs and learns to see the future and uses that in order to ride sandworms and take over the world and universe. Cool. All right, my turn? All right. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Okay. Game of Thrones, but way shorter and faster, and sandworms instead of dragons. (laughs) Desert planet. You got a couple of seconds to spare. No, that's right? fine. That's it. <laughs> Jesus. Six, six, Just throw it right out there. Five seconds. He, he 
defers it to the floor. Yeah. Matt? <laughs> a young man's family is betrayed by uh, evil politicians. The only way to get revenge is to do drugs in the desert, <laughs> ride the worm, and become a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, that's good. <clears throat> Future. <clears throat> All right, here's my go at it. What they said, but also a prophet that the whole time he doesn't want to be a prophet, but ends up being the prophet. <laughs> Sounds like a great book. Could also be, <laughs> could also be called Reluctant Prophets. <laughs> Reluctant Prophets no, on the I sand. Don't want to. I, don't want I gotta steer myself away from the. Okay. Head, no, lean, okay. Lean in. It's yep. gonna be a lot harder if you don't. Just okay. go with it. <laughs> all I right. see all these paths, but that's Intergalactic fun. Jihad. All right. <laughs> I can see the future, guys. There's gonna be 60 billion deaths. So if you haven't read it, read it. Yeah, why are you listening to this? Yeah. yeah. If you haven't read it, you make a mistake. I, I, we've gotten emails from people like, yeah, I don't read the books. I just like hearing to you guys, you friends talk. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> that's weird. Read. Kids read. Kids. <laughs> go read the book, kids. Um, as you are listening to this, we are all kind of drawing uh, from cups of Fireball, where I scratched out Fireball and wrote Spice. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't know, in Dune, the whole politics of the world of the Arrakis, the desert planet, uh, revolves around this magical drug called Melange, melange. Or, or the Spice, which allows people to, limited in limited capacity, see the future. Uh, and I'm therefore becomes anything. the most precious thing in the universe. Apparently, it smells like cinnamon, and it smells like cinnamon because it it allows you to uh, travel faster than light. I, I think they're I think the way their spaceships work, the way I picture it in my head, Herbert doesn't go into it, but the way I picture it in my head is they uh, they just jump like in Battlestar Galactica yeah. the remake. They just appear, and you need to be spice induced to make sure you don't jump into the middle of a planet or the yep. middle of a star or something like that. It's like folds, like you know, in the sense of like how warp works. Yeah, like that, yeah. That's that's my understanding. Basically, it's like it, like fold space they, in half, and then yeah. boop, you're just there. Yeah, basically, the pilots of these spaceships just live in tanks of melange of spice, yeah. of spice, and it gives them limited prescience, so they can kind of see the future of where a star sh- star is going to be or a planet, a cor- and weave around it and find the best possible. Hey, path. we need to get to this planet in a hurry. Can you get us there? Yeah, just let me do a line. <laughs> which, oh yeah. I forget which iteration of the book it was, but it was like they they basically imagine where they're going and then they appear there. Well, what's yeah. it, it, the thing about the book and I, I both love and hate it because like my favorite thing to do is, is world building. Um, if you've ever written anything with me, I'll knock out like the treatment in like a day and build your world and then like have it actually make the thing I, I wait forever on. But there's so much world building here, and I, I, I love how much is in it, and I hate how there's not a lot of detail. Like, Frank Herbert's like, we're just going to ignore all this, because this is the story I want to tell. But there's, like, you know, like fish people who, like, drive space cars. <laughs> yeah. and you don't worry about it. And it's like, wait, wait, what about the fish people? You're on Dune already. It's but too I, late. But, I, but even so, even, like, chapters even though he yeah. clearly yeah. thinks that people living in caves is way more interesting than all the other shit that's in there... Mm-hmm. He still fleshes it out so much. Like, there's such a rich tapestry there, just listening to it. Like, he, he's thought about the politics, and yeah. he's thought about the religion, and, yeah. and every single aspect of, of what he does focus on is so uh, expansive and incredible. Uh, it's really hard to, to just listen to it and not be like, 
I feel like there's at least ten more novels in, in <laughs> that you can set in this world. And and they did, and his kid and Kevin J. Anderson did, and they're not great. Oh, Has anyone yeah. read them? I read, no. I read one two. and a half, and I was like, I, Meh. I did the one, and that was it. I read two, and it reads like ban- bad fanfic. It's yeah. like uh, it's like okay, so we put the worms on a water world, turning them into super worms, and then now they make right. ultra spice. And it's like <laughs> fuck you. Double and spice. then Sonic showed up, and Sonic can go super <laughs> saiyan now, and he said Kevon and. Brianne were super handsome. It's like, holy shit. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, the only reason I haven't thrown the it's novels crossover away. into Star Wars. Yeah, and then, like, Kirk comes up and he's like, I can't command the Enterprise. You two have to. And you like, Han Solo can. You yeah. take over Darth Maul. You know, and it's like, I. the only reason I keep them is, like, when I'm feeling bad about myself, like, I'll just open them up and read, like, a random 10 pages, and I'm like, better than this, and this got published. <laughs> I, I remember reading it, and it was just like, hey, remember the Icks? The Icks were mentioned briefly in chapter house dune here's a novel about them they make robots or something i'm gonna make them super important to the novel yeah, yeah. by writing <laughs> in five dune, prequels in dune yeah. they like briefly mention oh yeah there is an uprising of machines that fight like humans or, or were programmed there's like five humans. novels about that war yeah the the butlerian <laughs> oh, jihad yeah it's like what? it's like it's like first they're fighting robots yeah and then um these humans who control the robots put their brains into invincible cyborg super bodies uh. but that let the robots they were controlling control them yeah. and then use them to wage war and control the humans so wait, why for did, the machines. But why do they need the human brains to... If they're smart enough to control the human brains when they're inside, why do they need the human brains at all in general? <sighs> for love, Carney. <sighs> for love. You're right. If you emotions. Ask, if you ask questions, we can't write six novels about it. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. Um, sorry. Emotions. But anyway, I went that way. But to, to, go, to go into the background and the setting and stuff... Um, Obviously, this novel, everyone in here is a big fan. It's the best-selling sci-fi novel of all time in the entire world, okay? It's touched a lot of chords. It's all over the fucking place. Here's Here's all the stuff that's just (laughs) kind of ancillary involved in the tale of Paul Atreides becoming Emperor of the Galaxy. Mind-expanding drugs. A rejection of AI. We miss the Skynet Wars and the Matrix. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Terminator and the Matrix. Frank Herbert touched on it. 50 years before the movies came out and didn't even move on. He it's decided like, it's that two wasn't sentences. cool enough. It's two sentences. He moved on. Uh, the specialization and niching of humanity, navigators, mentats, freemen, sadhukar, yeah. reverend mothers, uh, eugenics, the revolution, uh, the evolution of religion and adapting in a world completely different from ours, uh, a united shared human's consciousness, the ability to see the future being a hindrance, and the idea of being <laughs> the destroyer by making yourself the lord of all creation. And that's not even the main thrust of the book. That's just like that's just background radiation. That's just stuff that he's kind of thinking about whenever the main plot isn't happening. Hey, well, wouldn't they have robot fighters? No, no, there was like a big AI war, so they don't have robot hey, hey, fighters. Anyway, well, it's, it's future. Wouldn't there now. be uh, laser guns? Uh, no, there. There's shields around their bodies that defeat the purpose of. They already had that war. We're skipping that war too. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, back to knives. Atomic weapons are outlawed. Moving on. Yeah, why did they just use nukes to blow up the planets? Oh, they can't. It's illegal because uh well we also already had that war <laughs> so now they have all of this amazing sci-fi technology to get around that well they, they have they have uh hover belts that you strap around fat people yep all right suspense it, it is it is a very promising love, future for the overweight i, I will give them that i will say do it like this is apparently like the year 10,000 was it yeah. 181 or Ten, something some, it's like some, 21,000 years in the future yeah yeah but like technology hasn't really advanced as far as you thought it would but the the understanding like, of humanity and 
a person's body and what a person could become has advanced probably that well, much. Well, I think that's because... they skipped over it. Well, yeah, they were, because we already <laughs> got to the, the apex of technology, they turned on us, and now this is a, a world where they're like, we're going to do all that stuff with the they, specialized they, okay. humans. They turned instead. on us, we defeated them, and now we're back to square Now we one. have things called mintats, which are humans that are so specialized that they can do advanced like organic calculations like a computer can. Well, can you play Snake on a mintat? I would think so. <laughs> okay, so hold still, hold okay. still. Right, feudal system. Feudal system. You're back in. <laughs> We're gonna have a divine emperor. Keep the spaceships. Keep the spaceships. Get rid of the laser guns. Bring back swords. And then. Um, uh, drugs, yeah, we're gonna do some drugs. Drugs are in. No robots. Robots gotta stay over there. <laughs> Our whole society will run off drugs. The whole society runs off drugs. This also, also, you're not gonna elect who you want culture. to lead. Um, the person in charge, their son, will soon be in charge. The son, and then uh, he's gonna lead us into a kind of. Uh, collective hive mind human consciousness in which all experience, tragedy, and joy is shared equally among every living thing in the universe. Basically, the, I, I love, the best parts I love world. this character. <laughs> My name's uh, Jimmy Exposition. I'm from Brooklyn. And uh, I don't got time for Terminator Wars. <laughs> now let's go to selfie. Jimmy is going to return <laughs> for every book. <laughs> so I can I just say though that this is like the ultimate 60s novel. Yes. Like it's it's just a, a young kid takes mind-altering drugs, rebels against his parents' authority, bends religion to his will. Bends religion to his will and then foresees a future where all of humanity is better than itself and is at one with nature. I, but but it's also ultimately flawed because as soon as he becomes the emperor of the universe, this jihad in his name kills sixty billion people. The entire U empire is united, but it's united in war. Why? Did and it, he becomes the man. True. So yeah. it's still super sixties. Like what, it's what causes yeah. what causes once he's in control. What causes the jihad? Why do they keep the legend of Muad'Dib becomes so great? Not even he could control it. If, ah. he, if he lives and rebels against it, they're like, oh, he's he's just trying he's, to teach us things. Oh, and he's he dies. He, uh, yeah. Right. It's either he's a false prophet and he's got to go, or. Or they're just like, no, 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 this is what he wants. I've interpreted his words, even though, yeah. even even though he's still a living opposite. messiah. And he's like, if you guys could not wipe that planet from the face of the galaxy. And they're like, yeah. gotcha. Wink. <laughs> it's opposite it day. More deeps in opposite day, They're like guys. all mime stabbing motions and they're like nodding <laughs> knowingly. It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Come back here. I'm going to make the planet green. Got it. We'll green. come back. Once, I like how their, their plan was to turn the planet green even though because it was so harsh it was the ultimate training mechanism for fremen and all the fighters yeah that's well, the same principle of the saduka yeah of salute salusis secundus yeah, yeah it's basically it was the emperor's australia and yeah. the planet was oh, so that's harsh right yeah the uh and the prison then, planet yeah. or whatever and then everyone who made it was just like well, here's the thing is, I don't understand how that makes, like, Navy SEALs. It feels like you just have a planet full of road warriors. <laughs> <laughs> that don't that what? don't bend to anyone's will. Yeah. Which are also effective if you can, like, scoop them up and yeah, just, just drop, drop them on a planet. Like, yeah. kind of but it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's the toughest planet to live on. It's a, it's a savage, untamable world. And how does that make, like, special ops badass Captain America types. Yeah. Where, You're where focusing the order, on the wrong details. Where does the order come in? Yeah. Are all the prison guards, they just super respect all the prison guards? Like, yeah, we should listen to them. Well, now that we're super badasses <laughs> here on this weird prison planet, we're going to go follow these guys who've been whipping us the entire well, time. Well, in my head, it was basically, you know, 
eight generations after it was initially a prison planet. Ah. And some kind of orders there. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to send you to this prison planet. And they still use the fable. And then they just throw them out of an airlock once they break atmosphere. <laughs> and then and then the this population just survive. keeps breeding. You know, it's because eugenics and controlled breeding comes up so much. I don't see why on, like, the Sadokar world, they're not like, hey, you got to marry her. Well, I'm not in love with her. Yeah, but your kids are going to be fucking monsters. So we need you to hurry up and do that. You have just to listen it. to us. Yeah, the selective breeding thing was definitely one of those things. I'm like, interesting. I don't know, like, why... It, 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 it seemed very complicated. Like that, And also, the biggest... Not so much complicated, but it's like, how did uh, the mothers choose the sex of the children? They can uh, control themselves down the cellular level. Is that's that, how is that what it, Oh, yeah, because that's right, because the, they change the poison. When yeah. you change the poison and stuff, they can control the cells. Yeah, and, all think, right. I think, like, just the way that the Mentats can, like, make mental calculations of the future, Bene Gesserit can, are very uh, so aware of their bodies that they can... They're, they're also like, aware of other people's like bodies. They're, like, micro. They can take care of... They, they can con- t- sort of control and calculate uh, what other people wh- how other people respond that's how they can use the voice because they can hear exactly what their mental state is like and, oh, yeah okay. they could dial in the person's character down to yeah just yeah after yeah a couple just sentences. just by hearing just the just the sound let's talk about the power sets of the the Bene Gesserit. they they can they have controlled breeding so they so they they, they control can, themselves on a molecular level they can control their own yeah their own bodies they can choose the sex of things they can actually like slow their metabolism and stop poisons <laughs> they're like magic captain America yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're faster and stronger than anyone could hope to be because they can just fire all of their muscles at once. And yeah. they're lovely. Complete control of all of their body. Yeah. And basically. they also have this thing called the voice where they can listen to, just listening to someone's uh, speaking, they can find out exactly what part of their like subconscious they can dial into. Their lizard into. brain. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and and then hit that note. Hit that note. And then they have to, the person just automatically obeys whatever they do. Yeah, I, I imagine it's kind of like a combination between like, you know, like when you get like the back of your head scratched like yeah. how good that feels yeah. and then when you stand in front of a speaker at a concert you can feel it in your sternum and you just basically do whatever they want you're like oh god like you're trapped <laughs> just, between just, like, so, okay. like it's horrible not- discomfort and pleasure and it's just like I'll do whatever you want to just commit to one of these and every time someone gets the voice used on them like what the fuck did I just do yeah. and then they're just incredibly haunted by it they're as just, you would they're just a yeah. passenger on a ride of themselves they're just watching yeah. themselves do stuff yeah Lady Jessica is easily the most powerful person in the book yeah, except for her son Wadib, <laughs> and then her daughter, who also is has like the superpowers <laughs> of all the Bene Gesserit ever. The abomination. Yeah, <laughs> the child <Hey>. that <laughs> the child that grew up or was conscious in the womb and just probably spent several months being conscious and yeah, just being like, wow, it's really warm in here. It's kind of humid <laughs> and sticky. <laughs> I guess well, I'll take I, a nap. I don't think she has anything to compare it to. I think it's just like her natural <laughs> That's state. That's true. Unless she can access all those memories and yeah. she remembers not being an amniotic fluid. <laughs> I okay, wish. But, that, but that that's one of the effects of the spice. Not only can you see in the future if you use it the right way with the right training, like the Ben and Jester do, you can then Both access the water of life. Well, but it's you. It's made from. It's like a concentrated spice. No, it's like it's like dying monster barf. Like they find a <laughs> they find a they find a baby worm and they put it in water because oh, water yeah. is poisonous. Right, yeah, and, it's, and it swallows and, it, and, spits and then it out. barfs into but a bag. It's the same. And then they're like, "Oh, I better drink. I'm going to so drink I can that." See the future. It's like, <laughs> but it's shit. like the same thing because the spice itself is made by like the proto worms or whatever. It's, it's made part by of the same uh, life salmon cycle. trout farts. 
Yes. <laughs> and then the salmons fart in the same place so much <laughs> that there's a gas explosion, and then it brings the pre-spice to the surface, and as soon as it has contact with oxygen and sunlight, it turns into the spice. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like worm afterbirth, and that's yeah. the spice. No, so there's... I no. thought it was like worm poop. He so the worm more into Because there's the always bucket. little makers. So, yeah, no, I so the worms, the worms tunnel through, and then sometimes they kick up, they kick up the pre-spice to make spice. So then sand plankton eat eat that then the sand plankton grow up to become uh the sand trout and then the sand trout try to steal water and like go on their life cycle and if they survive they go into hibernation for like six years and then Uh after that they come out and they're like an 18 foot long worm See, none of this was touched in the first. No, it, it comes so out. So this is like when, as someone who's just read the no, first yeah, one. Well, I'm novel. like, I'm learning all yeah, sorts of once again things. That's about just it. more. That's one thing he half mentions in the first book. Yeah, and they then he, talk about like the the pockets. Yeah, like when uh, Liet 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 when he right? dies, when yeah. he dies, he's underneath that pocket, and you're like, yeah. well, what's going on under there? Yeah, what's the kind, story yeah. with that? He's like, and I should move, but I can't. He says it, and he mentions it in such a way that clearly he had mapped all of this out and just didn't find it relevant to bring into the first. book. I wish Frank Herbert would have found a religion instead of L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> what an interesting religion that would be. I'd have been in. I would. But like the, the whole life cycle of this fictional giant 400 meter sandworm. Already figured out. Already figured out. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's sandworms in this book, guys. If you haven't in read case it. you haven't. We mentioned that in the opening. Yeah. <laughs> several times. I think we've said several times now. Also just covered in the life cycle with the sand farts. One of the moments I wanted to talk about in the book was uh, the dinner scene. And there's this whole um, kind of fight with words going on. Like, everything someone said, there's subtext under. And, and, like, Jessica was translating it. He's like, I see what you really mean, water seller. He's saying he has control over the planet, too. The whole book is actually riddled with weird conversational subtext that I think I barely got. Actually, you know what? That was I now remember that was the first time I ever understood what subtext was mm-hmm. as a no. kid. I was like <laughs> when, oh, when he just basically uh, hit you on the head with yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it wasn't that scene per se. It, it was, was almost late. like an improv game where it's like what he's really saying yeah, is it was actually yeah. another scene where it was the Baron Harkonnen and his his evil nephew, not Fade Rautha, Raban. But, but Raban. Raban uh, was he was like Raban was like, you know, what should I do with the Fremen, sire? And he was like, just keep squeezing them. And I was like, what's he? Why does he keep saying squeezing? And I was like, oh shit, he's having sex with his nephew. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? what? Like, read that scene again. Take me through your thoughts. I totally get him having sex with Fade. Yeah, because he said like multiple I, times I, how beautiful, beautiful boy. I, 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 like, I get literally that. I don't know how you got there from that. No, no, yeah. he keeps saying like. Squeeze harder. Just keep squeezing. Yeah, but he's saying that to Rabin, right? Yeah. yeah. And Rabin is there like, yeah, I'm going to squeeze. What he, is happening? I, I'm not, <laughs> I read the scene again. I'm with you a thousand percent on everything but how you go, oh, he's having sex with his nephew. Yeah. There's I, well, a thousand just, other places I, well, in the I, novel you I, can jump so to It was so weird that he kept saying that, and then I, and they had made such a big deal about, about uh, him being like a polyamorous like pervert. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah, sh- that's a huge thing. We- yeah. Like that, that I, I thought it was weird. And then it like it dawned on me like, oh, there's like a weird sex thing happening. 
Wait, does he have sex with the Freemans? <laughs> Did that show up in your questionnaire for your school? <laughs> Maybe they, that's, that's why. why they were having a conversation. About like, I don't know, if we, can, I don't know if we can give him the full fifty for this. He's getting really graphic on this <laughs> uncle loving thing. Yeah, he's got like a, a connect the lines thing between who's sleeping with who. <laughs> and it's, it's not, I mean, it's accurate. I just don't think it should have been included. But yes, every it's day, a drawing every, of a crazy person. <laughs> seems like every time you get more than one duke together in this book, they just have this really arch dialogue where everything has double entendres and double <laughs> triple meanings which i love because it's like the veiled the veiled conversations of nobles this is how they talk because they have to be careful what they say yeah, like on paper you're yeah. like oh no this is this this yeah, is what i like said you, it's it like you have to play the game yeah not yeah. to mention and also a lot well, of that is because there's these there's specialized uh Bene Gesserit, who are called truth tellers, that are basically a faultless lie detectors. <laughs> that so if you if you actually know you know about the bad stuff that your guys did and told them to do it, the the Bene Gesserit truth teller will say he's lying. Emperor killed this guy. So you have to navigate these really difficult. I did lay a hand on him. Yeah, it's like oh, I never said to do that. It's a lot of like technically they're right and they're not lying. It's like (laughs) I never told them to go kill them. I just said take them over there and put them in that uh, in that hole with all those spikes and saw blades and uh, sandworms. But I didn't know what was going to happen. How was I to know it's impossible to survive in the desert without shade, food, or water? I didn't know <laughs> these things. I've never been like in the Fade desert. Like Fade Ruth hiring the uh, the young boy with a needle in the crotch. To the old oh, yeah. Dick. Just, uh, yeah. The old needle dick. Needle dick. <laughs> needle I didn't dick know thing. he had that in his dick. <laughs> Surely I gave him the poison, but I didn't know what he would do with it and told him how to put it into this needle, but I never insinuated that he needed to do it right now. Perhaps I pointed at my crotch when we were discussing it, but how was I to know he would interpret that as needle I just kept pointing at my crotch and saying, poison. (laughs) How was I Uh, to know that you like young boys? I didn't know. Well, I didn't hide it very well. (laughs) Point made. (laughs) Point made. Touche. So the whole novel is just, you know, this melange, if you will, of of political intrigue and skullduggery mixed with this Lawrence of Arabia-esque, you know, like white kid in the desert uh, becoming and going native and uh, taking control of the the desert power, as it's referred to. Well, I mean, Paul's essentially Alexander the Great. Yeah. He, He comes from an impressive family, then surpasses it. Gifted combatant strategist. He is able to religiously slide into these molds for whichever people he's talking to. And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I'm that guy. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm the Quizzes Hatter. You know, yeah, no. I'm... Uh, right. Oh, you guys are looking for a Mahid, you're a Messiah. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'm no. the least on It's pronounced Mahid. Muadib, though. Okay, thank you. It was one, like, I felt like that weird... I felt like it was almost slimy how he, like, knew about the prophecies beforehand. It's like, I'm just gonna go ahead and take this. Because just, the Bene Gesserit cheated. I know. They're yeah, like, they're like, like yeah, we seeded worlds. We seeded these worlds with, like, religious stuff. So if you're ever in a jam, just say you can this. lead a cult. I like, thought, what? <laughs> How was that plan B? I Listen, thought if shit goes bad, go into the jungle, 
find a temple, tell them you're the monkey queen. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what happened. I thought it was a brilliant part on, uh, of self-preservation of no, the Bene Gesserit. It's, really, it's amazing. But that's, that's, it's a long gamble. It's that's, a Hail Mary. That's, that is the that's, longest con. That's chess playing yeah. on an uncomprehensible <laughs> level. Like, incomprehensible level. It is a really interesting commentary, though, on, you know, the, the concept of religion yeah. and problems yeah. where it's like, you know, you, you put something out there and you say, this is going to happen, and then stuff is being conspired to make it happen, and then it happens is like, I mean, isn't that would, prophecy? Yeah, it's like, would it even happen? It's one of those things like, would it? Ha- it only happens because you said it would happen. If you hadn't mentioned it, it would like never happen. Right. Like, it was like a big like catch twenty two of prophecies or something. Yeah, I mean, it's self fulfilling. It, it's it's sort of like it's what happens with the jihad at the end of the book, where it, as soon as you use it, you lose control of it. You know, it's yeah. kind of the idea of like. You know, you can't unfire a gun. Once you fire a gun, the bullet's going to do what it's going to do. And that's what happens. He's like, I can't stop this jihad because it's out. It's grown beyond me. I used it to survive. I used it to avenge everybody. And I used it to retake Arrakis. <laughs> now I can't control it. And like, Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Does it? Does it? Oh, okay. I was just going to say, and firing a gun and not knowing what the bullet was going to do was going to be my defense at the next murder trial, murder trial I go to. Yeah, because you. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. It's like I don't know. How was I to know his rib cage would splinter? (laughs) What am I, a mentat? (laughs) I didn't know he was allergic to metal and would die thusly. What if that worked? The point of the book where (laughs) I just like stopped and laughed. I had to write this down. Um, So when Paul's choosing his name, he knew in his mind. He's like, okay, they will carry the banner, Atreides banners across the galaxy, chanting (laughs) Modib. Yeah. And then when he's choosing the name, he's like, "Okay, um, uh, what, what do you what do you what do you call the desert mouse? Oh, that's Madib. Okay, you want to be uh, named by this?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, no, no. Can you call me Paul Madib?" <laughs> and in his mind, he thought that would that would solve no, the problem. Yeah, he, <laughs> I was like, "This is guys. I'm no, not." No. Here, and Paul thought. That was no vision of mine. I did a different thing. <laughs> because he just okay, named so the difference. He didn't just... Because no name. one in the universe would ever shorten Paul Madib to just Madib. Yeah. No, no, he, he thought they'd save time by just going to Paul. Oh, right. <laughs> so, guys, Paul's just way easier. No, he didn't like just hear that name and say, it's we call that Madib. And he didn't go, call me Steve. <laughs> it wasn't just something else. Yeah, of, uh, just... uh, let's go with Usul too. I we can have we just use that again. <laughs> Usulist. Usulist. Yeah, know, let's just can we make just that go long. with Usul because you know it's a pillar. It's strong. It's a very uh, masculine name. Let's keep going hey, with that. Mouse me. Yeah. yeah. Mouse, yeah. mouse me. Let's. Uh, that's the more important name I need is mousing. <laughs> hey, so uh, what name do you want to be called? Um, I'd like to be uh, Sandworms Bane. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, you're Sandworms Bane. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm. Uh, I'm Harkonnen Sting. Oh, that's Ooh. ominous. You're yeah, good. Nice. And, and what about you, um, Kangaroo Rat? <laughs> you are our messiah. <laughs> the rat is what, wise uh, because he's tiny. We call him the teacher of boys. <laughs> <laughs> Can I change that? No. <laughs> nope. It's just too late. It's just and been you, spoken. You and, took your hand off it. And you, yeah. little girl, what would you like to be called? Murder Kraken. <laughs> okay. You'll be a secretary. <laughs> so what Perhaps would, a nurse. What would everyone's Fremen name be? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Mine would probably be whatever the word for uh, dying in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thirsty. Um, oh, my, God, the so poop water I'm drinking is making me really sad. <laughs> Uh, he whose suit rides up in the crotch. 
<laughs> the butt sweat's unbearable. <laughs> swamp ass. Lord mud butt. Nonstop swamp yeah. ass. Nonstop. By the way, we're all referring to these still suits, which are these magic suits <laughs> that everyone in the desert wears to reclaim all of their body moisture. Less than uh, 15 metal- milliliters are lost. A thimbleful yes. a day. Which so it's like it processes urine and feces and sweat. And condensation from your breath. You're drinking your butt juice. Oh, yeah. But it's the future, so it's very heavily filtered. We live in caves. But it doesn't taste great. But no machines, no thinking machines. No calculators. Lots of butt juice. None of those little robot dogs. (laughs) You know, they're cool looking. But you need to keep drinking your own recycled stuff. <laughs> so, so Frank Herbert really, really loved the idea of the Fremen, like this desert underclass of these, you know, these guys who a lot. Everybody just assumes there's maybe like thirty thousand of them, but there's actually ten million of these people living in caves in this inhospitable desert planet. Uh, and he just loved kind of getting into like saying, "Oh yeah, they're basically Arabs or Persians, uh, but you know they've been trodden on and they live in this such such a hard." environment that they uh, are perfectly adept uh, suiting, uh, suited to the desert and also killing machines. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it translates. It, it, it goes know. back into that 60s sort of hippie mentality where they didn't conquer Arrakis. They became it. Like, yeah. they, didn't bend, they didn't bend the planet to their will. They bent along with it. They leaned in. You know, yeah, they leaned I'm, in. I'm sure there's a quote, and they tell this to Paul whenever he's going to try to ride his first worm. Um, oh yeah, they It's like become worms. one with the sand or become the desert. But there's here's like here's how like like it's a little bit of the noble savage, but it turns it on its head when they actually have a very sophisticated society. Yeah, and like they're actually very honorable people. But you got to kill. Stuff. But you got to kill, you, you to kill the leader. You got to kill the mayor <laughs> in order to move into the town. But it's very beautiful, <laughs> which is a great rule. <laughs> if you want to live here, you got to kill the mayor. Can I, mean, I cut off my right arm? But hey, you know what? You get his wife afterwards. So that's yeah, cool. But I mean, it's you, like, it's but like but a you do get his sub family. So, you know. <laughs> but you know, I don't make the rules. I don't break the rules. But you, you got to fight the mayor. You know, you know what? Joey Exposition. Mills, if you want. But him. it's so like Frank Herbert. So Paul's bodyguards, the Death Commandos, his his private guard, great name, are called the Fedekin. Fedekin. Fedekin, as it, it says, Fedekin in the book on tape. It's okay, Fedekin. that's awful because yeah. it's based off the actual <laughs> word Fedekin. Yeah, Persian voluntary militia. It also means redeemer or those who sacrifice. So these guys who will die for their cause. Uh, Berserkers. Yeah, they operate in loosely affiliated cells. So if you take down one siege, you can't take down any more. Uh, but they can work together. And it's like, and they don't use, they shun modern technology like shields because they don't need it. And yeah. it's, they slow you down. You know, and it's like, it's and they like, track sandworms that will eat you because they're 400 meters that long. That is the other thing is about how the shields themselves attract sandworms. But we go te- it's almost like they're not worth the trouble. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> if you get hit by a, a big missile, they're going to blow up and be atomic. Yeah. They're going to bring sandworms down. If you get hit by lasers, and it, it becomes yeah. atomic. And if you yeah. get into close combat, you can cut through them. You yeah, just if you have go to move slow. a little slower. And, and if you see like the 1984 David Lynch movie, Movie, uh, they're stupid looking. They're they look like giant boxing guns. <laughs> it's like it's like if Gumby was like gold and kind of see through, and <laughs> yeah. you're just like, Ugh. Uh, David, which of these designs do you like for the uh, shields for the movie? Um, I like the one where it looks like uh, Murder Gumby. Yeah. Um, my child drew that. That's actually not supposed to be hanging up. Um, that's a goof. I want that. Okay. Actually, that's just the empty storyboard frame. Yeah, that. Yeah. That's just all over. W- like a rectangle. <laughs> David, that's just a box of card. That's just a, a 
a stack of cardboard boxes. <laughs> I don't know. All. Yeah. He's wearing his armor. He's wandering the halls of the production office. <laughs> he's knocking stuff up. He's like, fear is the mind killer. And then someone walks up with a letter I opener and just slowly pushes it through the boxes. <laughs> no, 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 he's no. He's just no. like, it's the gum you like is coming back in style. His assistant's like, this is the only way to stop him. Just slowly. He's got to slow him down. Just a little stab. I directed the, the elephant man. Take my water. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the Fremen worship the sandworms as we already established sandworms are just like the biggest alpha predator on Arrakis they're, they're giant worms that are rows of teeth they're, they're basically trimmers they're graboids, yeah. <laughs> graboids. Let's, let's just be honest they're the biggest transportation but, but 30 years before yes yeah. they were the, the OG graboids <laughs> you're not fooling anyone bacon <laughs> uh, they're pretty cool though They get uh, The Fremen get to ride them And it's part of initiation right And uh, you control them by like Jumping on their back and pulling open their scales Because they're like impermeable to To attack by Laz Cannon And all this stuff But if you dip them in water they die But no one knows that Secret. So if you spit on them, is that like bad? They really probably get mad at you. Makes them upset. It like stings. Like, Ow. is that how they control them? They already Go seem to be pretty Go much left. pissed all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much pissed. You know, there's people ho- constantly hopping on them, pulling back their fingernails, basically, you're, you're so they roll over. You're gonna get a lot of jump ons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be pissed if you're just having to eat like machines the entire time as well? Like that's yeah. Just they food. do you're seem like, to... really cool. Just like eating all of the, the like what are, what are they? subsist on if there's like no sand plankton just they the giant worms eat nothing mostly like sand the giant plankton. whales that's true yeah and then they Blue and whales, then they though. just also like attacking things on the surface for no reason yeah well they yeah they're sexually attracted to rhythm <laughs> they yeah it's they want to mate it was said probably. like they anything not natural on the planet they attack anything what? from off world yeah. I think there is a book in a later book where someone can actually telepathically communicate with sandworms, but it's one of the ones yeah, written by Lido his too. son. Oh, I think it might have been Lido too. I think he could also. Doesn't he of, become a worm? Yeah, he becomes yeah, a sandworm. Wait, That's Lido too. Crazy. He, he has a, he has he has two sons. The first one dies in the book, <laughs> right? And then he has a second one. Who, Does he name him both both of them? Yeah. Lido? Lido and then Lido the second. Lido two. Lido, who, who, yeah, I was saying, do they call him Lido two or is Lido, that it's Lido? It's Lido II, so it's Lido the second. Oh, okay. And then, but it's like he. So what happens is they they talk about how there's this game where they get the sand trout and like they put it on their on their hand and it becomes like a living glove. But then there's something in blood that makes them like fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Leto the second was born to Muad'Dib, who's so immersed in the spice, and he is immersed in the spice that the sandworm can kind of graft on. Yeah, him. he actually does the water of life again. He like super saturates his cells, and so then like all the sand trout are like, yeah, fuck yeah, and they like you are form, a worm. They form like a living still suit, and it makes him oh. immortal basically. And then, oh. and then and then he starts to turn. And into then the over the course of the book, he eventually becomes a sentient. He becomes a, a giant sandworm that's with a tiny little crazy. human face on it. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Like like Quato, like he's just like yeah. it's just like sticking out there going. <laughs> the it, there's all the depiction. I've seen numerous artist depictions of it, and there isn't one and that's no not point horrifying. Does it look cool. Yeah, it's yeah always no, horrifying. it sounds terrifying. It does not sound cool at all. I can't imagine like a giant worm with this weird deformed the, human. Yeah, face and then he becomes it. the god emperor of Dune for like two thousand. So years. anytime he tries right. to dive into the like the dunes to get under, like since his face is flat, like <laughs> humans, just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's kids if we could if we could pause the podcast for a moment too. Do some real talk. Don't do too much drugs. 
Because when you do just enough, you'll make Dune. <laughs> but if you keep doing them and you do too much, you do Sandworm where the people face just kind of like where the belly button's supposed to be. <laughs> and then the whole thing is about how do we kill the God Emperor who's a Sandworm guy? And the Sandworm guy's like, we have to put everyone on the golden path for some reason. I don't even know what's happening right now. Exactly. No, no one does. Frank guys, Herbert didn't you, know. You guys are describing, like, uh, it's you're giving me a real good reason why I never want to read those <laughs> other books. I'm very happy. The, the, I didn't. the next two are pretty solid. Oh, okay. So, yeah. After that, it's a little weird. And then it's uh. then it's living still suits and sandworm emperors. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a question. I, I asked Matt last night. Like in the just reading the first book, it doesn't really explain what the weirding way is. No, is the, the weirding way just basically Krav Maga? The weirding way, as I understand it, is the Fremen interpretation of the abilities that the Bene Gesserit had. But oh, weaponized. so like the voice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I think the voice is just the movie thing, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I no the voice is no. The way they do it in the movie, I don't agree with. Where it's like the super deep voice. It's like, hey, why don't you listen to me? Yeah. And then, I mean, so they do the, the controlling of other humans as the voice in the book, but yeah. the voice as like powering weapons. The, yeah, I, yeah, no, I think was, the that weirding that was way was more like they they are able to use like the hyper awareness of other hum- humans to their advantage in battle. Kind Whereas, of like. The Bene Gesserit are always so held super back. Krav Maga. Yeah, well, yes. The, yeah. The, my my interpretation was the Bene Gesserit were kind of they were the reason they were doing like controlled breeding and they were looking for like a human messiah to lead us to utopia is they were looking for the perfection of humanity. Yeah, and so since the supernatural does exist in this movie because there's like you know the ability to see the future and stuff, the way I saw it as. The weirding way is when you perfect your mental, physical, and that supernatural ability and can combine it into one. Yeah. Now, the voice weapon in the movie is because a bunch of incompetence made it, and there's that great line. So my favorite lines is, my name is a killing word. And in the book, it's meant as they say Muad'Dib as they charge. Yeah. yeah. So in his name, people die. And then in the book, they're like, oh, what if it was like a gun? And they like spoke into the gun, and then the gun like... Yeah, there's, like, a, yeah. there's a scene so in it's the like a lit- it's literally, literally says, he says a killing word. Muad'Dib, and then Fade Routh's chest explodes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's dead, and like the earth cracks under him. Yeah. And it's like, dude. And then oh, this is Nick's favorite part. So, so he duels Sting. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan duels Sting and kills him, and then he like shouts at him without the voice box and the yeah. earth the earth under sting's body cracks and everyone's like what the fuck and then nick like lost it we had to pause the movie yeah. <laughs> i was like i probably would have led with that bro yeah yeah no no it's there's these two freemen and they're standing there and like this rando who's had no lines the entire movie turns to the story and goes he doesn't even have to use the voice box anymore. <laughs> and, and he just starts laughing going thanks rando like, shouldn't that have been like jessica or like, yeah, yeah literally anyone but guy with beard, <laughs> random, with beard. random dude. Can I say? I want to say something. I I, I had to go back and watch this again because I was, I was watching it this morning before we did the podcast. The movie, the movie before this. The 1984 know, movie the directed by movie. David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, classic. So there's Is a it? no. There's a there's this <laughs> shot that's um it's Patrick Stewart and it's he's charging into battle. Yeah, he's holding a pug. He's holding a pug. Yes, the dude pug. <laughs> and, and, and it's just the Atreides pug. Yeah, which I not I, in the book. No. I, I watch it and of I was like, not. I'm like, useless dogs. And my, my thought was, was Patrick Stewart carrying a dog in a battle? <laughs> yeah, I had I, to go back and look. I'm I, like, why the fuck is he doing seen, that? I hadn't seen the movie in years and I, I actually Googled Dune and then it all auto filled in Dune Pug. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And I, then I clicked on it. It was a montage of every scene with, with, the with, dog. with, yeah. with Gurney Halleck holding this pug yeah. and no. all these seminal battle scenes. No, because it's, it's like, because you, you the movie opens and it's like, 
a bunch of bulldogs at <laughs> yeah. the Emperor's Palace. And then uh, uh, Paul, when they're going, when they're leaving uh, Caladan to go to Arrakis, he's just holding the pug. And then and then <laughs> stuff pa- happens. Panting. You forget there's a pug. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden, like they sh- they're, during the attack on uh, Duke Leto, they blow up a hallway like Star Wars style, and you just see like a guy go flying across the hallway. He goes ah, and it cuts to like bad guys. Then it cuts back to the hallway. Nothing's changed, but the pug's running up the stairs. <laughs> And, then, and, then, and the last time we see Gurney Halleck until he's rediscovered with the smugglers is he's holding the pug. The pug's as like, he charges into battle, yeah. like and like a little papoose. Yeah. So no, it's just, I think he's just holding it. No, because he's got like a gun or something. No, I think oh, he's holding right. a flag and a pug. Yeah. So he's useless in battle. Completely. <laughs> he's like, hey, we got sandworms in this movie. I don't know movie, the fearsome you know pug. This movie as really he screams needs. for Duke Le- Duke Leto. But there's no way pugs and bulldogs make it. There's no way those little inbred bastards <laughs> make it the next eight thousand years unless it's just a screaming pile of fur like that can't move or breathe or feed itself this is a new segment on uh my arms are lasers pug talk <laughs> pug talk god did was... you know they have to be born through cesarean yeah, yeah. the movie was just the movie directed by david lynch of yeah. like Eraserhead and twin peaks fame like just uh, elephant man known surrealist filmmaker they're like this guy's perfect uh and then they, uh, he actually took his name off the movie because he was so ashamed of it yeah. it's, it's directed by alfred p smithy if you look at it which uh, is the name that directors use no they, it's definitely very prominent the version oh, i just yeah. watched it's like, that, it's like boom a David i think, Lynch I think they it. put it back in after the fact but, but when it was originally released it was oh, alfred yeah. p smithy yeah and i move. i saw it on vhs and it was alfred p smithy oh, and i was wow. like what is it gone uh, but uh yeah the, no, it's, he did twenty thousand stars um, stars kyle mclaughlin of Twin Peaks fame as Paul Muad'Dib also has uh, Captain Picard Captain Picard uh, Jurgen Pronchow from Das Boot. Yeah, uh, he's also in Beer Fest. Uh, Worm Tongue from uh, Lord Brad of the Dorf. Rings, and of course Sting, and, and Sting, of course naturally Sting. as Fade Routha and Ian McNeese, who you've seen a thousand times, and you will yep. recognize the second. Oh no, wait, he's in the Sci-Fi Channel one. Oh wait, he's Did, the Baron oh, Harkonnen in that one. Didn't they oh, use the he? same actors for some parts? I don't, I don't think know. so. I, the movie, the Sci-Fi thing was like. 25 years yeah. after that. Yeah, no, 2000. Yeah, no 16. It's 84. Well, not, not for the okay. same part, but, so, you know, just... Know. Interesting factoid about that movie. That movie was such a mess <laughs> that the producers, anticipating people not being able to follow the movie if they hadn't read the book, rightly so, uh, actually, I, I saw a screenshot of this, someone or a, a photograph someone had taken. They're like, hey, I found this from when I went to see it in 1984. They actually handed out people uh, to people as they entered the movie theater a two-page glossary of Dune terms that they had to do homework on before they watched the movie while they were waiting for the trailers to start. It, because this movie, th- this book is so densely packed with like original weird fake mythology and terminology, they thought that the only way to get it across is if you had this guide to look at in the dim movie theater light. You're like, wait, who's Muad'Dib? What's the Nissan Al Lynch? What's the Javgabar? Lynch turned in a three-hour cut. Yeah, and they shot it down, and they had to do all the ADR with the loud, whispering internal. Oh yeah, that was so great. Weird. That was my that was my favorite. By favorite, I mean uh, the worst part of the movie was the <laughs> the internal dialogue that they kept dropping over people. Like, do they really need to say that here? Do they really need internal dialogue for he that? He couldn't turn and say that to a friend. Yeah, or just say it to her as a couple lines. They couldn't just like mumble it to themselves I, and be like, oh, I kind of really I wish I never saw the movie because now when I read the book and they go to the internal monologue of people, I can't. N- not unsee the movie like <laughs> it's just like reading the book anytime it cuts to like what the person's thinking i imagine just a close-up of the person with their eyes wide just going 
oh my god, he's part of the legend. Oh my god. Well, that's what, well, that's he what, would know. He would he would know our ways, having as if he'd always been there. <laughs> well, I and think they're just kind of wide eyes and just leaning back, like. Well, I think that's one of the problems with this the adaptations of this book is that, and I, I was trying to warn uh, Ellen about it. I was like, look. The, this book is a lot of it's seminal and there's like a lot of really interesting stuff going on but so much of it is internal like especially once I remember when I was reading the book I was like okay he's on this desert planet it's kind of a cool plot happening and then suddenly he takes like it, 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 it kind of comes out of nowhere Paul just starts having visions of the future and that yeah. becomes like the driving force <laughs> that, of the book that's one of the things I actually want to talk or I was because he got a contact high yeah. Yeah. for being on Doom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I was like, wait, After what book am I reading? He learned his dad was dead. Yeah, and it, then it, he it was just like a switch, He had right? a traumatic yeah. moment, and then suddenly he t- he goes on a fucking like, psychotropic vision quest. Vision quest. All those things. I was, By the way, Mom, you're a Harkonnen. I know you're pregnant. So yeah. it, was, it was one of those things like I was... Uh, so I had just did the audiobook. I read it like in high school. I haven't actually read it since then, but I did the audiobook last week, and I was kind of going through it pretty quick while I was at work, and it got to that point. And it happened, and then at, it was like an hour or so later. <laughs> I like was like, rewinding? an hour or so later, I was like, "What the? What the fuck did this happen? How did this, <laughs> yeah. Where did he get these powers from? Did I miss something? He got hotboxed by nothing. Fate. No, it just yeah. happens out of nowhere. And nowhere. I, re- I remember reading that as a kid. I was like. I, I actually flipped back. I was like, did I miss a chapter? No, because yeah. it comes up like a hundred pages later. It's like, everything I'm doing is super saturated in it. The air, the food. Yeah, it's the spices it's in it. The damnable spices yeah. and everything, yeah. Yeah, and then he's just like, and then you're like, oh, he got fucking hotboxed by prophecy. Like, yeah. Destiny moved yeah. on the planet. It's like, we'll get him a contact high, then we'll give him the good shit. But, like, there's, there's almost, no, like, there's reference to the Quezet's Hatterick, but you don't know what that means. And then out of nowhere, it's just like, Boom! He knows everything about it. This guy is a god king. Dune's an amazing second read. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know what's happening, which I I, I did this time time around, reading it fifteen years later, <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, cool. But I I but I was also in the back of my head remembering my first time encountering. I was like, that really does just come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, reading it reading it in high school when I was like super straight edge, and then reading it after I became you know a man of the world <laughs> became the Matt we know and love, and I was just like. I should not have been allowed to be anywhere near this book. I mean, I could have, I could have done hard drugs. I could have incited a jihad. I, mean, I could have knife fought. I could have gotten really into knife fighting, yeah. mom. Or I could have become like a warrior troubadour. Yeah. Like, I guess it could have worked out pretty good. It's way. also kind of interesting. Is this this book when it, when you really boil it down? There's not a lot of external action happening. There's kind of like three, three or four main yeah. things that happen like fit externally. A lot, and, and the rest and of Herbert it is doesn't just, consider he he Tolkien's it. Yeah, like the Battle of Holmes Deep and Pelennor Fields in uh, Two Towers. It's like and, two paragraphs it's, or something. It's like two and a half pages. Two and a half pages. And like the longest part of Helm's Deep is like. Uh, Aragorn stands on the parapets and like yells at like some cavemen. It's like, "Hey, I'm your king!" And they like throw rocks at him. He's like, "I tried." And then, <laughs> and then, and then it's like, then some trees showed up and ate the Urukai. Yeah. And then this is what happens. It's like the Harkonnen troops, secretly supplemented by the Emperor's invincible Sardukar, attack. They won. Yeah. <laughs> they won. And then and there's one sentence where they're like, and then they went outside and there was a line of impenetrable sandworms, three stories tall. Now back to the politics. Meanwhile, wait, 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 wait. go back to the sandwich. Meanwhile, by that, meanwhile, back at floating fat guy talks to psychic child. <laughs> uh, if I could hear about the the invincible armies clashing with the sandworms and the helicopters in the middle of a storm, 
I know all your secrets. Cool. Can we get back outside? <laughs> I have a needle. Hey, Grandpa, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Grandfather. Uh, they reverse Obi Wan did. Grandfather, me talk um She killed him, and then he became more powerful than she could possibly imagine. True. He corrupts her later. Oh, yeah. Wait, is he not dead? No, it's because she's part Harkonnen, so she has all the memories. And since she's little, she can't control the voices in her head, and basically, Uh, he possesses her. Let's talk about all the things that the spice can do to a person. So it can allow you to see the future. You can do everything. It can allow you to see the future. Uh, which is what the the uh, guild pilots do. They see limited in, limited amounts into the future. It like triples the human lifespan. Makes you yeah much yeah. longer. If you if you're saturated in it, you start to mutate uh, into your eyes a, turn blue into a like, space worm. Yeah, your eyes turn blue. If you have a lot of it, you turn in start to turn into it. Like all the guild people are basically like half slipper bags. Stain your lips. Like, no, that's uh, the Mentat strength. This yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's juice. He loves pomegranate juice. But then the, but then there's also uh, if you if you're Specially trained like the Bene Gesserit, it unlocks your your past memories. And but you have you, to drink a poison version of it. Poison version. Yeah. You have to OD. The hard shit. You have to do the Bene Gesserit. Have to do yeah. the hard yeah. shit. So yeah. it, the hard shit, the liqueur, tar, yeah. the liquor of it, uh, allows you to unlock your your ancestral memories, so you can talk to all of your ancestors. And Paul, but but the Bene Gesserit can only do it ladies. With the ladies. But Paul is the Quizats Hatterick, the chosen one, so he can unlock all of past. Humanity, including men, he can talk to all of his ancestors, and hey, he bros. can see the future, so he can see basically everything because yeah. of this spice. He's basically Nick Cage in the classic sci-fi film Next. Next, yes, <laughs> and but he sees like not only like the one future, he, see, he sees all possible futures as this well, undulating. Well, he sort of he he, he kind was of trained. Yeah. yeah. Well, what helps is so he, you're saying he's unlocked 100 percent of his brain. Hmm. He's Lucy. <laughs> he Lucy did. Oh, is Lucy the most way. accurate Dune adaptation? <laughs> it might be. Um, it's probably the most successful since the. But it talks about it, it, it talks about how he can see the future and like the guild navigators can see the future but in limited but, capacity but the difference is is he has he has access to his entire genetic memory so he has all that experience to kind of see which ways the paths go because it talks about like the reason he isn't trying super hard to stop the jihad is because what happens is is they put all that future scene in the hands of navigators and navigators take the safest path to port yeah and that leads to stagnation and the reason he lets the 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 jihad happen in his name is because it'll upheave the human race and And force us to grow and get stronger Ah. yeah and um naturally like machines again which which is is, actually one of those things they kind of touch on i guess they kind of briefly touched on that in the movie where there's like a a little bit of a dialogue between him and his dad um on the planet where there's like yeah sometimes you have to change like you need change to like grow or something which i guess was which i guess is kind of perceptive of the movie the filmmakers that's like the one the one itty bitty bit because that actually is the uh that actually is the theme of the entire series yeah. and i guess i guess he had notes because the, the original dune series was notoriously unfinished he meant to write one more book after chapter house dune which was the last book he wrote before he died uh which was unfortunately eventually written in two books oh. by his son and the kevin, kevin Jansen guy. but i i kind of skimmed over the gist of it and apparently 
the idea is remember those robots that that in the butler had they're you had around like, they're coming back like the borg cha chung chung cha chung and basically <laughs> the, the all what these uh the quizettes hatterick both uh paul and his son duke leto the second in later books are trying to do is is sort of upheave humanity make them force force them to grow and expand so you that all they need can to become freemen so they can fight back the terminators and survive ah so that's that. That's the answer that you're looking for. So the whole, so the whole Benny Gesserit, uh, Quizzes Hatterach, uh, Utopia thing, kind of came back to bite them in the ass because it sounded on. like it just threw them into like yeah. war. Wait, well, it sounds like the Benny Gesserit was just an entire lady cult of Sarah Connors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Humanity <laughs> become John Connor. Yeah. No, by the Terminator. I'm no on board fate. now. Yeah, I'm right. on board. I got now. it. So I'm back. back. Yeah. Terminator. I'm Terminator back. in the desert. Well, you know, when religion and politics travel in the same cart, you're going to get killer robots. Yep. It's just the natural <laughs> order of things. I just want to uh, go back just to the novels. Like, Duncan Idaho in the second book, they reveal, like, before he dies, killed, like, 19 Sadukar, which nice. is unheard of. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Fremen kill, like, a shit ton, too, but, like, he is... I have a quote for that one, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, Duncan Idaho is, like, the first one to, like, actually do it. He never gets his due. Like, it's too bad. Like, in the David Lynch adaptation, dies like a he bitch. just he, he puts on his Gumby suit and just <laughs> stage dives on a bunch of guys and <laughs> then they just shoot him with a drill bullet. <laughs> yeah. And then, which is actually a pretty cool weapon. I would have liked to see more of those, I think. And, but then, and then in the sci-fi miniseries, he's, like, he pushes Jessica and Paul onto a a thopter and then he's like we gotta do some stuff and then he turns around and looks at the missile that hits like, <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that i can't figure out with the david lynch movie is why does it look so bad it was made in 1984 we had three star wars movies and it's the same year as ghostbusters how do you fuck it up on such a profound I, level i, I actually it, thought it didn't look as terrible as it could have I it looked like flash gordon I with a darker color i think it palette. was because David Lynch never directed an epic, first of all. Yeah. Also, uh, the movie was so expansive and big. Ghostbusters worked because even though they were doing like ghosts and like they have power packs and stuff, they're still in New York City. This was like every set had to be built from scratch, this giant expansive vista. They're out in the desert in like a fake desert. They're in a giant imperial palace. They're in a Fremen sketch. Like every scene, everybody was. It, was uh, in custom made gear like it i i think that it just kind of got away from them and there was actually a past uh incarnation that never came to be that, that they tried to make it in the 70s uh directed by this another famous surrealist uh filmmaker named uh uh jodorowsky, jodorowsky. Alejandro, jodorowsky. Alejandro jodorowsky listen who, we I don't we can if, get into that. I don't know if you've seen any of his movies, but I've actually seen a few. One of his favorites that I've seen, he's done a lot of feature films, but one of his shorts is he just like stop motion animated like steaks, like raw meat moving around, and then they started <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Like that was his like his bread and butter was Did that fucking make meat more puppets. meat. Yes. <laughs> actually made broccoli. But the the but so they chose that guy, like he's our man, and it was they were no, gonna make it in Europe. No, uh, you're a little wrong on that. What do you mean? He he made it himself. He put together the team, the and he made team. and he made like this giant. It was like you know a foot and a half thick, you know by two feet long book, yeah. fully storyboarded by Mobius. And then he put he got Dan O'Bannon who worked with John Carpenter and eventually wrote the script for Alien. He wrote Chris Foss, who for 30 years did the cover of every sci-fi book. H.R. Geiger. And he introduced H.R. Geiger to Hollywood. 
and he put together this dream team, and he was going to have Salvador Dali play the Emperor. He yeah. got Orson Welles on board to play Har- Baron Harkonnen. He got yeah. Mick Jagger to play Fade. And then... Soundtrack he, by Pink Floyd. No. Each house had their own soundtrack. Pink uh, Floyd was going to do Atreides. There was the a French German prog rock. rock band, Magma, was going to do the Harkonnen. Yeah. And he got all of these people together. That would have been just... All the contracts were signed. Movie. And then he went to Hollywood. And he's like, I need $2 million. And they're like, okay, we'll get it to you. Make like an awesome, epic 90 minute. He goes, no, it's going to be like three hours. Actually, it's probably going to be like six hours long. Actually, it's going to be 12 hours. Yes. <laughs> and then they're like, well, it's too long. He goes, he's like, fuck you. I'll make a 20 hour movie. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the no. The finished they, version was 10, like would have been 10 hours yeah. long. At, at no point did anyone sane. <laughs> with a bank Step account in. approach him he got this team together he assembled his fucking expendables team yeah. and yeah. then flew to los angeles and they died <laughs> I, they apparently salvador dali salvador dali he had to wear him down to play the padishah emperor and salvador dali finally agreed only if he did it for like a hundred thousand dollars for an hour he wanted work. to be paid a hundred thousand dollars an hour and then the producer said We'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars for each minute you're on screen. <laughs> and it turns out, and, and it worked. Like and then the only reason they were able to do it is because a it was going to be on screen for like five minutes. Yeah, and then <laughs> they were going to yeah, do a cast of Salvador Dali and have like a mechanical yeah. robot standing make, for him for because the rest of it. The, in the the storyline, the Emperor's not even like. You could get five minutes of the Emperor. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's why it. it was okay. Yeah, you wouldn't even need like the cast. And the reason they got the reason they were able to get Orson Welles is because they hired his favorite chef <laughs> to do craft <laughs> services. <laughs> I think so he could that eat. was in, that was in the trailer or something. Yeah, the French. That. There's a great documentary called Jordaus Jord. Jodorowsky's doom. There is a place called Polmesson, <laughs> called Arrakis, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> like at first like halfway through it I'm like on board I'm like yeah I really want to see this and then he introduces this fact that it's so I'm, I'm going to give away this first one he's like yes my, my Duke Atreides he's going to be castrated I was like, what? And then from there, it just gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> like, his ending for Dune is insane. Well, because the documentary does such a good job is he shows up, and you, and you meet Jodorowsky, and you see him. He's like, in one year in Mexico, I make 100 plays. And then they show pictures from the plays. It's like, oh, yeah, you made avant-garde plays. You made, you made theater yeah. for fucking crazy people. Yes. That's yeah. why you're able to do 100 in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were just nonsense. But then he, he sits there and he talks about it. He's like, he's like, he's like, and then Paul will be born of not, not uh, oh, yeah. a savage sexual love, but a spiritual love, a connection of two souls. And she takes the blood. And then the Bene Gesserit, and she takes the blood, and she uses that. She puts it Paul, in her vagina. And you see it travel up her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, and he wins you over, and like yeah. you listen to him, and he's like, as he like, like Pink Floyd like blew him off when he met them at Abbey Road because they were like eating lunch, and he's like, he's like, he's like, to hell with you, he's like, I'm, I'm give you opportunity to be my warriors, to join me and make you the most important picture in the history of humanity, and they're like, he thought it was gonna change humanity, like, really, we're so. Like yeah, we're, we apologize, and then and then you're on his side, and then when he goes to Hollywood, and you're like, oh, he has to talk to normal people. Oh, now. he's crazy. This was doomed from the start. Oh, he's a bad man. This is not but it's happen. like if you look up uh, Yodorowsky, I think it's like J O D O R O W S K Y. If you look up Yodorowsky's Dune, and like you just like Google image search, like like you know he had the French artist Mobius make character designs, and the entire movie's done if you can get the book. Like the second I have any kind of pull or juice, I'm gonna like make an animated 
version of this. Sure. It would be the trippiest animated thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, having, <laughs> 10 hours having long. Having seen, like, just some of the art from the trailer, like, the ship, or the ship, just kind of like the mouth that opens yeah. up or whatever. Like, I remember him described, and all I've seen in the trailer, yeah, the way he describes it's it. It's a castle I, designed by Giger. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I almost kind of got sick when oh, he described it. I was penis. like, Ugh. Oh, there's penises everywhere. So many dicks. Everything is penis. <laughs> H.R. Giger, I don't know if you guys have ever heard him, listeners. Uh, on this podcast, he's like, you know, he's Swiss, so he speaks like an affected German. First off, he looks super creepy. He looks like he looks As like he if should. you were like at an abandoned house and you went into the basement, he'd be waiting for you. <laughs> and his voice is like <laughs> moist. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the penis ship for the other yeah, this oh is kind of hive this picture, too. This picture of him is wonderful. <laughs> he looks like he should be playing the Baron Harkonnen. But hey, yeah, he does. <laughs> but hey, R.I.P. Giger. R.I.P. He gave us aliens wherever, wherever you set up shop in hell. God bless you, man. I mean, <laughs> hell, Satan. Okay, so the Fremen don't use shields because it attracts the native giant sandworms of Arrakis and it drives them into a kill me frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super uh, worse. Not only is it a bad idea, it's the worst idea. <laughs> yes. As a result, the Freemen had the advantage of being trained to not slow their knives when attacking as they battle as battling a shielded opponent would do. Yes. How yeah. is that an advantage? Wouldn't that mean every time they swing their knife it would just break on the shield? Well, for when it, they finally well, do. for when they fight, because shields, it doesn't the, matter. The people Anybody, have to turn their shields off yeah, on Arrakis. You shouldn't be fight, If you're fighting a Fremen, you're going to be probably fighting them on their terms, but which e- is in the but space. But everywhere else, everywhere else in the yeah. universe. Yeah, during the Jihad, or, you know, when they invade the fortress. Yeah, what if they're yeah. on a rock, or, yeah. you know, the rock city, where worms don't go? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe it teaches them not to depend on the shield. Like, maybe, you know, during a duel, like... Paul or Gurney Halleck or Duncan Idaho might let you hit them, knowing it'll br- it'll hit the shield. Yeah, and then the Freemen don't have that; ad- they don't do that. They never open themselves up like that. But it just I I read that a couple times, and like you know, on the Wikipedia page, on the Dune Wikia page, and then in like a couple like reviews of the book where they're discussing like why the fr- uh, the Fremen are so deadly. And I was like, it's basically that same idea. And I was just like. That just feels like that would make them way more vulnerable. Yeah, when you yeah. think about it, when you think about it, especially off world, when they have to like go off like the further universe, the expanded universe of Dune, if and they actually go on the jihad, <laughs> and they're art murder worms. Yeah, what like, if they just unless they bring the murder worms bring with them, which would be with genius. Them. Maybe they they're just quick studies. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but come uh, on, Arrakis, bro. We'll see how big that you feels talk like. Then. But that feels like to be good at that, like the level of muscle control would have to be so like practiced that they would never. Be good at. It. They would just always get their asses kicked. Because well, they're like, they're also, ting, ting, I guess maybe the highest ball. Maybe all it's the the, um, the weirding training that Paul gives them that they're yes. able to adapt. Maybe it's not the fact that they're from it at all, but it's just the that Paul, the white savior, comes in <laughs> and teaches mm-hmm. them how to yep. become true. Does, 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 fuck, I've read this book so much. Do they describe how Paul looks? I I got the sense that he was like pale and then later they say oh you've been browned by the sun there's like oh, a line like yeah. that oh, okay super lame yeah we're all gonna be brown in the future actually guys. Uh, yeah, national geographic 2050 we're all gonna be brown <laughs> his True. name's paul and out of our gang who's whiter than paul <laughs> no one hey buddy sure. um <laughs> i i you know i think one of the big things that i always loved about dune is i would do all right on arrakis like I host another podcast on Explosive Magical Network, Climax, and I could never be like an action hero because I can't like do a pull up. Yeah. But I just need to hang out in a cave 
and do drugs and have no rhythm done like yeah. fucking easy yeah you can do it having no rhythm but, makes but you a king being, yeah. but being on Arrakis would kind of suck like the, like it's the music smelly. the music would be god awful. I fucking hate heat. I, That's why we're recording inside I, with the air conditioning. I like the smell of cinnamon. I actually li- like was listening to Dune in like the July record heat wave <laughs> as I was moving furniture <laughs> and there's like extremely thirsty it, all day. Yeah, just like the thirst was inexhaustible. It was like, hell yeah, it is. Is and that then, why you bought so many Camelbacks? Yeah, you just made then, your own still suit? And, and then leading in, and then that went right into me walking across the Grand Canyon in the middle of the fucking Arizona desert. Oh, God. And, I, and the whole time I was like listening and reading Dune. And I'm like, okay, I get it. This, is, this world sucks. He's all of that's worst. your fault. Yeah. But I don't think I would enjoy Arrakis. I don't think Arrakis No, is I'm just saying I would be good at it. I, mean, I wouldn't I enjoy could, being shot at. I could do it, but like, is it worth it? I wouldn't want to leave my room. I'd be too hot all yeah, the time. Yeah, you get to ride a sandwiches. Like, no, but it's like it's like it, bring me the pug. I don't know. I you get, lay here you all get day. sand wives. Uh, I mean, just to kind of go along with uh, you know another podcast, I've been listening to the James Bonding uh, on Nerdist. So I watched. You know, I, I, every time a new one comes out, I watch the movie first, and then I listen to the podcast. So when I was doing Casino Royale, I was sitting there watching. I was like, halfway through, like. I'm already out when he's chasing parkour guy because I'm afraid of heights. So <laughs> as soon as he's up on the second floor, I'm like, well, he won. No shame in losing to the best. I give him like a salute. We'll get you next time. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh, an airstrike. oh, and I can't do a pull up. I, I can't be a double O agent. But on Arrakis, I'm fine. All I have to do is like have no rhythm and like walk kind of clumsy, which I already do. And the still suit does all of the heavy lifting. Let's be honest. It's, you're basically the laziest astronaut. Well, and on, yes. and on top of that, to you carry, don't even leave. The you can count. you can yeah. literally be carried by lift things that are just designed to suspensor fly you around with the suspensor. Yeah, things. but I have a feeling. Those, I have a feeling probably a attract a yeah. worm. Yeah, yeah those will also make the worms. That nuts. probably drives you're the worms the ground. killing. Prison. That could be. I think anything. Any. I'm surprised like any mechanical thing at all didn't like drive them nuts. Which don't, I guess oh, it kind of does. You probably yeah. shouldn't tell jokes on Arrakis because it drives the worms into a killing. Oh, prison. by the way, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, like I'm walking through like the seat. That's like the the biggest like after school special. Slam oh, poetry, no. forget it. Throw it out the yep. door. Don't hey. smoke cigarettes, hey, the you, worms. You can't have grilled cheese sandwiches. Drives the worms. Yeah, yeah, crazy. okay. Gluten, I, I, any I, sort of gluten's going to drive those worms crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Just because I would do well or, or better than I would in like any of the action movies that like I look at on Iraq doesn't mean I want to go. Because, I mean, you know, it's like you're on... You know, you come back from a Harkonnen raid, and you like broke into like the Baron's stuff, and you've got his repulsor yeah. vest, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be pretty sweet. It's like, <laughs> as you walk on the ground, it's like, no, so or no murder, Kraken. The repulsor vest drive the worms into a killing frenzy. That's fucking bullshit. God damn it! Being frustrated by the worms drives the worms into a killing frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Being resigned to your fate drives the worms into a killing frenzy. Sitting in the cave and refusing to leave drives the worms into a killing frenzy. Paddling the but they can't. Canoe. But they can't do anything, right? Masturbation. Well, no. Drives as long as you stay in the rocks. Oh God! You could, no masturbating on tune. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so much rhythm involved. I'm out. You have to jerk. You have to jerk arrhythmically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> Actually, I'd be fine. It's arrhythmic because I get out of pa- breath. Pound, slide, pound, pound, slide, twist. Oh, no. Pour an iced tea. <laughs> Pour an iced tea. Oh, just, God. It, it, the whole process takes six hours. It's oh, just, it's officially it's a, a sci-fi chore. podcast talking about masturbation. Uh, I'll just wait for the next Reverend oh, Mother then, to be born and, and wait s- for the sea chorgy. And then Sam gets in there, and then you're just it's just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
in the Dune universe, where would you guys be? Or maybe like make up, like there's counts, there's dukes. I would probably still be on Caladan. I'd be one of those. <laughs> yeah, I would be like the like, third cousin who's like, let me know how it is. Maybe I'll come and visit. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to stay here and make sure that the castle is still clean. So if you want to come back and visit, it's totally cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat these pheasant feasts and ride those dolphins. Think I'm, uh, I'm going to stay here in the castle. <laughs> you enjoy Desert Planet. You would be the Caladan. All, right, uh, all right, Joey. See you later. <laughs> Joey Exposition. Jimmy Exposition. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't got time for this just shit. So, just summarize, so give you some summarize quick the trip for me when you get back, and that's all I need. So, so Brian said he would be the Caladan out mapes yeah I, yeah i'm not uh <laughs> i'm not going anywhere <laughs> i feel like it's like if you think about it uh like where if if the feudal system still existed like we lived in it today where would i actually think i ranked i'm like you'd like to think that maybe you'd be like a middle or lesser lord like ideally one more of the guys likely, trying to pander and curry favor more than likely i'm a peasant like slopping the mud somewhere <laughs> like farming it you're one of the people that's outside the baron harkannon's chamber when he just drops like I'm just, rags and I'm, you're like oh water precious water i'm hoping my arranged marriage goes unnoticed so i don't have to worry about prima noctur that's all i'm that's that's that's, the, that's my goal in life as, which they probably still had even which, though, oh like, absolutely are we are we, are we playing where we'd want to be, or, or how? What, what oh yeah, happen. I guess want to be is a different story. I'd want to be like a lesser lord, but like not important. Like I don't want to be a hard just like Yeah, I just want to be like in the background. It's like, oh, let's go over to the Loman's land. I understand <laughs> they have another cookout. Certainly don't want to kill them with assassins. <laughs> nice, I feel like nice be, enough. You have like a little yard. I yeah. feel like it would be fun to be one of the guild agents because those guys seem to just go everywhere with the The blanche. guild does not take orders from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just kind of like <laughs> from the they're like insurance series. guys that kind of come in and like inspect shit and we're like, man, you. I mean, they're basically they're they're basically you can get into any place on earth if you're wearing a lab coat have a clipboard and walking with a purpose yeah that's all they do they're that's just, yeah. what the guild they're guys just like, are hey what are you doing i'm just here in the emperor's chambers with my clipboard oh he got up too fast i'm just gonna write Did, some stuff down. here's here's what i was wondering kind of along the lines of the guild when do they like choose people to become like the space slugs or is it just like people who got their hands on a lot of the drugs got <laughs> I, to do it? I because feeling, it seems I have a feeling there's like a testing process that, like, and at, then you don't get a choice. Like, or is, there, is, there a, is there a school where it's like as soon as you sign up, you can't get out of it? It's like once you start taking like 600 pounds of space uh, of spice like oh, a week. Oh, that would suck. Like what if you're like just halfway like through bed. and you're starting to turn into like a weird floating worm guy and then, and then you get like, and you're you like, like a and midlife. Like, I want to go into nursing school. <laughs> yeah. I changed my mind. like, all right, they just flush you out. Yeah, and then, and then you're just like this weird worm creature waddling like half around. Half worm, half nope. person. I think they go to like the streets where addicts are just of the spice are just laying, and nah, they pick nah. you out, and they're like, "Yep, you're you're guild now." Yeah, guess what? You're gonna. <laughs> we're just gonna put a little bit more in you, and you can. They uh, go to Skid Row. Time. They go can to Skid Row. Can you do simple math? Uh, I just need some spice. Would <laughs> you do simple math for spice? Yeah. Welcome to the guild. <laughs> you will be an excellent mintat. Welcome to the union. I'm Jimmy Exposition. <laughs> There's the tank where you're going to live eventually. What? Here's all your spice. Ooh, spice. <laughs> you won't ever be able to leave the tank, but you'll get all the spice you want. The uh, Your entire known, you will have access and can travel freely throughout the entire known universe. Within the confines of that tank. Of that fish tank over there? You have to stay uh, in the fish tank? We could make it bigger. We will not. <laughs> Welcome to the guild. Sorry, union rules. I can't make you a bigger tank. 
Unless we vote on it, but we never you know, vote all on of it. us get to benefit from it, so that's a thing. For the I'm going to go lean you for your hard work. <laughs> You'll get points on the back end. <laughs> Here's a question for you all: um, Do you think that Paul knew that his son would be killed? Uh, I think, given how like unemotional he was, yeah, yeah. I think that he knew. I don't, but I don't think why? he actually ever interacted with. But isn't that, isn't that why he did the? the he, he took the water of life because he didn't foresee his son dying. Maybe in the in but the, the, the sun di- or no, in, no. The, in the book the sun died like at the last minute. Yeah, it was like this sort of thing. Like, oh, we did this like counter raid like way over here, and now yeah, your son's yeah, dead. Yeah, as he was like attacking the the emperor in the final hurrah, they were like, oh, that that Tabul Siech was uh, was invaded, and your son's dead. And he's like, yeah, and oh, we got your sister. And we got your sister, but then Wait, the sister so knew then she was going. What pushed him to, it's to take ju- the water it's of life? Skipped over like it just it's like next chapter paul's in a coma yeah and, and yeah like, and he was like and like the previous one was like maybe i have to i have to find out what the the Bene Gesserit stuff's all about maybe i'll just take a drop of it well frank herbert i know you're dead but in case you listen to this podcast you should have done it the way i said <laughs> where his kid dies where he's he motivated other yeah. than like well i'm already half alien i well, may as well be it's completely like, alien it's like how he got his future seeing powers it just happened like there's not a lot of catalyst for these things but yeah. the future like seeing just powers kind of make happen. sense because he's got the bene Gesserit genetics training you know genetics. he's got the, he's got the training so then he just gets the contact high off being arrakis that makes sense but if he's just like but the water of life was like hey this acid was pretty good i wonder what like well he knew DMT is like well he knew <laughs> that, he knew that he needed to do it for the didn't he know he needed to do it for the prophecy or something like he had to change it for the prophecy was this before or after he Called decided to palmu or debit it was a, it's it was after because he's because it's yeah it's like Almost before. No, what they I mean is he's still in that mindset where he's like, "Call me Paul Muadib." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> please. It's oh, it's Paul way after. Muadib, it's not way just Muadib. No, guys, no. no well, Paul. Oh wait, Paul is, it, is it so? No, if he, I did a different thing. It's not that. Wait, is it? Is it so? If he does super drugs, he'll be like, "I could see everything," and then not follow the path of prophecy. Is that? What I think he does that's it? what his original intent was. Like, I, you know, I have to now that I know this is how it works. I have to see if I can do it and to, to stop see the if prophecy. I, if I can stop the and prophecy, then, and then and yeah. then he then he gets access to all space and time, and he's like, "Oh, the prophecy is oh, actually the best way to do it." Yeah, there's, which is there's actually so, that's something that Frank Herbert apparent, uh, apparently said. Like that was the, the this whole book is supposed to be an indictment of the sort of superhero mythology of the idea of like you know we worship heroes and they're and they're the people that we should follow and he was like actually that's a dumb idea you need to th- learn to think for yourself because yeah. when you try to follow in the path of like the the myths of heroes you wind up compounding the problems yeah. uh, well yeah as soon as you put as soon as you put an individual over you you're by ne- definition now part of the mob Mm-hmm. And you're part of the group think, and then so the whole thing was supposed to almost be a tragedy of Paul, like trying not to be that hero, and then when he and did, books two a- and three are a fucking tragedy for Paul. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> yep, he becomes a wandering blind beggar, basically. Does he? Yeah, yep. like he loses his. So he's kind of like like Ender, like uh, he loses how he his future sight. Go he goes blind, thing. and then he goes into the desert to die, and the desert won't fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't. Just, 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 just like along. nice and try, then, guy. So then he finally decides to come back and destroy his own church. And then he just gets stabbed to death in front of his family, who just kind of watches him passionately from a balcony. Yeah, and then and then his son's like, "Well, where were we? 
Oh yeah. Mm. Now worm that suit. asshole's out of the way. All right, I'm gonna turn into a worm now. So none of the fuck none, you, Dad. None of the other books are really about him at all. Like, no. is it second one? The second one like, is the most about him, and it's just. I don't. And then I think he shows up in like book eight as a gula. Gal, yeah, he with Duncan Idaho. And weird. One, as a space, but that's one of the ones. Sand ghost. Oh, they came back as Jedi ghost. Yeah, no, but they come back as clones. As yeah, oh. clones with and genetic like, memories. And there's like different Duncan Idahos, and there's like rebellious Duncan Idahos who like lead terrorist cells, and then yeah. there's like Duncan Kansas. And then Duncan, like, Oklahoma. Wait, is it one of them, one of the ghouls? Because the entire cast comes back as like the ghoul of clones. And I can't remember, it's implied one of them, either Duncan or Gurney, is banging Jessica. I think it's Duncan because Duncan uh, is the hero of the rest of the series almost. And then Paul, but, but Gurney's the one that wins guitar. Yeah, he's the one that lives. Oh, Gurney, Gurney's the guitarist, right? Oh, he's Patrick yeah. Stewart. Right. He's the troubadour. Right, right. right. Warrior. Troubadour warrior. The warrior poet. <laughs> but he's the one that's actually alive at the, at the end of the first one. Yes. Yeah. Until he, but yeah. but but again <laughs> but again the Dune the first Dune takes place twenty thousand years in the future and then the entire series the good one spans eight thousand years. Yeah. Like everybody, every character you care about is pretty much dead after the, and then, the third and then, book. And by the end of the book, okay. all the characters you care about are on like their fourth clone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or they become weird alien worm Wonderful. Another question. So, did history remember them as wives? Oh yeah, that was such a weird beat to end the book on. What was it? What was the exact quote? Do you have it? Um, it's like um, none of us brought the book. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, uh, did anybody no, bring the book? It it's okay. um, yeah, it's it's Jessica talk comforting Shawnee as Paul's like moving in on the princess. Yeah, pa- but Paul's like, all right, I defeated the emperor, and now to become the emperor, I have to marry the emperor's daughter, even though I love Cheney, my little. Now I got to bang his daughter woman. in front of Don't everybody. Everybody gather on actually. No, no. So you I called her Shawnee. Cheney is how it's said in the yeah in book. the, well, the, the audio book. Okay, okay. book it was Cheney. Let's, let's go but. through it. Okay, how does everyone say the desert warriors? I say Fremen. Freeman. Fremen. I say Freeman. I said Fremen. Or does, actually, no, I said Freeman. How does everyone say Paul's last name? Muadib. No, Atreides. 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 Okay. Yeah. What? How do we all say the name of the Atreides enemy? Harkonnens. Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Yeah. Har- Har- I call him Harkonnen. You're I say, weird. I say Harkonnen. 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 I've, I've said. I've heard and said both Harkonnen and Harkonnen. What is the name of the desert mouse? The instructor of boys. Muadib. M- I think. In the book, it's like more deep, but I, I called it like Maudib or something. I call it Maudib. I, I in, forget what it in is. In the book, it made it two. In the book on tape, it made it two uh, syllables. Maudib. Yeah. I but I, I said, I, in my head, it was Muadib. So three? Yeah. Ah. What's interesting on the sci fi, I have the. It's like. I looked up the second one. There's Dune came out in 2000, and 2003 was Children of Dune, which is books two and three combined. Oh, they did. They actually did the those two. I looked it up because like, oh, I don't have that one, and it's like it's like a hundred dollars for oh. it. And I, I bought this one at the end of an aisle in a Target in Bloomington, Indiana, for six dollars. Yeah, wow. Children of Dune. So I had the first one, but so the the three acts of the book: uh, Arrival on Dune, um, becoming Muad'Dib, and then becoming the Prophet is each its own disc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they misspell Muadib. <laughs> it's like it's, it's black background and it's white text, and then they they switch the U and the A. It's like Maudib. Maudib. So it actually sounds more like mouse. And, and no editor thought to correct yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think it was them trying to cover their their tracks because like they um, I think they they revealed that Paul knew that he was going to be the Maudib. 
<laughs> and like, no, th- he was going to yeah, be Maudib. He definitely says that. He definitely says like Mawadib or something. Oh, they, the I think they used Maudib instead of Lizan Al Gib. Oh yeah, Al Gaib. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Because they're like, like, oh shit, we already called them for like the same person. Yeah, it's a Kenning. Uh, how do? What's his, his, his Paul's true love? Cheney. 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 I, I said Cheney. I think I said Cheney. I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm so Dick Cheney. I feel like I'm so ruined by having like seen. The it's book. been so long since I've read the book and having dealt it with the, the video and audio versions of it the past couple of years. Yeah, that's it like I just have like in. those things. I don't remember how I initially read it. What, what about his the Atreides Mintat, Tufer, or is oh, that I yes. say I say Tufer Hawat and Tufer Hawat. I say Tufer Hawat. I read I think it. I said, as I said Hawat. I like Hawat. Hawat, but yeah, uh, Thufir. I think I call Sounds it Sounds like an Omar Sharif character in a terrible movie. <laughs> Come Hawat. Uh, the Beast. Shai Halud. No, wait, That's the Beast. That's the Beast Raban. Raban? Raban? Raban, I said Raban. I said Raban. I said Rabin. Uh, yeah, I said Raban. Rabin. What, what about Rabin? What about the Harkonnens? Uh, Fade Rutha? The Harkonnens. Mentat? Uh, Mentat. Uh, Piter? Piter? Yeah. Piter DeVries. I said Pitter. No. I said Piter DeVries. Pitter, Piter. I think, yeah, yeah, Piter. Like, if it was my name, I'd be like, it's Pitter, guys. It's Pitter. Pitter. But it's like, I don't like him, so I'm like, Piter, because it sounds awful. Uh, the princess? Irulan. Rulian. Rulian. Rulian, yeah. The princess Irulan. Oh, you mean the, the universe's most famous blogger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's God, really... This book is so ahead of its time. This just Good job. On. Good job, Frank Herbert. Hey, what'd she think <laughs> on this? Like, she... I guess she eventually did have to keep solace in her work. Muadab was the best at learning. Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Hashtag learning. Hashtag knowledge. <laughs> Hashtag Lisaan Gaeb. Hashtag... <laughs> Quiz uh, how to write. Well, all right. I mean, that's three. Here's tweets something right there. Paul said. I'm a good author. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have the hashtag uh, Paul Mordeeb. Okay. The, okay, so the last the line ending, of the book. Uh, yes, the last segment. Uh, Jessica's talking to Shani. Fuck you guys. I'm saying Shani. Um, be a dick about it. That's fine. Think on it, Shani. That princess will have the name, yet she'll live as less than a concubine, never to know a moment of tenderness from the man whom she's bound. While we, Shani, we who carry the name of concubine, history will call us wives. Yeah, the gender politics of this thing super fucked up. Okay, yeah. it's twenty thousand years in the future. Women are still concubines. They still have to operate behind the scenes, and then yeah, uh, the most like, power they have. And is they're like, trying to figure out who to marry. That's because uh, to. That's because they also were probably in charge and had equality for a good like thousand years. But they probably touched on that and, <laughs> and learned from their mistakes. <laughs> we had the age back. of the robots. Remember all these us. things. Had, all the things have happened that we, had we should have already females rule. That was like clusterfuck. Yeah, it, it was, was a mistake. It was they, awful. They, it was almost worse than the robots. It was almost worse than the robots. <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the major criticisms of the book was that, like, even though arguably Jessica is the most interesting character, other than maybe Paul. Oh, I no, I agree. Jessica is more interesting than Paul. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, like being in Paul's head. Is it like a computer? If Jessica you know, wanted my vote, she should have been in way more knife fights. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the but it's true. Like everybody, all the women have to operate behind the scenes. It felt like uh, like even the Bene Gesserit. It's like so sneaky. It's like yeah, yeah they, they've got the imprinters who like f- fuck the men so good. Like the men are like they're slaves. It's like <laughs> it's it's it, the evolution of like understanding and philosophy and religion and society is so interesting. And then he was like, and yeah, broads are the same. Yeah, and women are good for fucking. 
Hey, uh, hey, Jimmy, what do you th- what do you think of this? I think you nailed it. Actually, wasn't it the, the Countess? Her sole job was literally a cum dumpster. Yeah, she was there to collect the bloodline of Fade Rutha. Yeah, because yeah. Oh, they, yeah, because the Atreides fucked them by having a son. Yeah, and they couldn't unite the Atreides and Harkonnen. But little did they know that Paul was. So bad. the eunuch count was like, "Yes, you should probably go have sex with him and keep, you know, keep, keep that line keep, going. Keep, keep the bits. <laughs> go over to his chamber and get his stuff. <laughs> get his goo. Get it up in you. Blood, salmon, fishes. Slime. <laughs> as soon as you're done, as soon as you're done, when he's like, "Wait here, I'll go get a towel. Don't wait for him to get a towel." <laughs> I had such a teenage crush on Jessica. I don't know why. I think maybe just because she was like this strong female character and I hadn't really encountered that in any Goosebumps books. <laughs> Definitely not in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings has almost no so, women so in it. Would... Well, there's also the, the widow of Jameis. Um, I forget her name. Was it Hannah? Or... Oh, yeah. The one that, the he, one uh, that Paul literally oh, won in battle. Yeah, oh, the by one killing who married her husband. a loser. <laughs> <laughs> the one who's bound to a loser. <laughs> And then bound to Paul to live forever. <laughs> and she just kept trying to awkwardly seduce Paul. Yeah. What? And he's just like, ah, yes. That's great. I love, a lot of things have come me? out of there already. I don't really <laughs> want to go in there. That's great. Everything you're doing's great. Which tooth would you replace with a poison capsule? <laughs> Canine. <laughs> I'm going molar. Yeah. Classic. You can't, can't get as much, you can't get as much, like, torsion. Torque. I don't know how torque? you torque or like the, pressure grinding. Motion. I just feel like I could be I could really get that canine more than I could get that molar. I feel like the molar would just just line up. I don't flush. know. Nothing what made me of, more uncomfortable in this book than reading that where he's like goodbye. He bit his own tooth. I can't, or watching what, it on what, the movie. What, what's what's the level the of pressure you need for that? Especially like if you're drugged and you don't know. It's like just bite it. Like how hard? Like not to mention when you have any kind of surgery anyway, you're constantly like chewing on it and poking at it. Yeah, yeah. But they figured he was still drugged from whatever you we gave him. It's like, oops. Sorry, buddy. Lato, are you all right? Oh, do you have a popcorn kernel stuck? I've been there. He's just chipped like My five, hated foe. <laughs> five different we teeth he's tried something. to break. His mouth's filled with like blood and chiclet pieces. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, didn't, he doesn't know which tooth it is. And then he's sitting That'd there. That'd be the best way he's so drugged. He's like biting all of his teeth. So he's just like, the Baron comes over and he just starts like clacking. He's just like, I gotta find it. What are you doing, Duke? This are isn't you the weird. Spitting blood in my face. This isn't even the weirdest thing. I've done today. I'm a pervert, don't you? Keep know? doing that. I pulled out this guy's heart plug, <laughs> which is a weird thing in the movie. Oh yeah, a weird moment where I'm like, "What the fuck did I just see?" So, uh, who would you guys cast in your version of the movie? Hmm. Donald Glover as Paul Muad'Dib. I thought about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought about that. And Spider Man. And Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man as Paul Muad'Dib. I had. Uh, uh, Legend era Tom Cruise uh, before, oh. and then uh, Top Gun era Tom Cruise for after he came out of the desert. It's <laughs> good. Well, he probably already thinks he's a space yeah, duke. <laughs> there's no, there's no like. He doesn't have to get into character. He's already there. He's like, uh, well, of course I'm really people for in the, the Golden Path for the Baron for the Baron Harkonnen. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mel Gibson in a fat suit. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I, had good. Jo- I had John Goodman. 
I that was actually um, the exact one I had in my head, and then I was like, let's go crazy. But I also had Brian Blessed, Volton from Flash Gordon. Is he still alive? I would have I would have John- Brian Blessed is alive. Blessed's alive. Blessed's alive. Blessed the Lord. I would have I would have Jonah Hill as Rabon. <laughs> So you just want me to kill him? Or yeah, you just, kill him. Yeah, I'll just squeeze him. Yeah, yeah. So when you squeeze him, you know, hold on. <laughs> I had Ray Stevenson. Punisher Wars. Titus fucking Pulo. Yeah. You know who would be, uh, what's Stillguard? Uh, Statham. Uh, for Stillguard. <laughs> so he's there, he's there kicking ass. For my, my real, it is our way, my, my lord. My Stillguard, I've got uh, Viggo Mortensen. Eastern oh, Promises okay. era. Yeah. Dr. Yui, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I didn't cast you. Remember the tooth. <laughs> Duncan Idaho, I had Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah. That's, that's fair. Good. Gurney Halleck, I had Idris Elba. Oh, <laughs> I would have also gone with Patrick Stewart anyway. <laughs> Just Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart because he has not changed. He didn't what? age at all. None. No. Uh, I had uh, for the Hawat, for Thufir Hawat, I had Timothy Dalton. See, Double like, bonds. Are you just picking the bonds out? See, yeah. I would go Brian many, Cox because I was thinking Ooh. I was thinking uh, Sean Connery could be uh, Leto. So then you have the triple bond. See, I, <laughs> triple I thought must have Connery. desert power, but he wouldn't try. Desert power. That's true. Uh, I had Kurt Russell from Soldier <gasps> Era as Leto. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Jessica was Sigourney Weaver from Galaxy Quest Era. Yeah. Mel Gibson without a fat suit as Leto. Cha- <laughs> I would make I would make Cheney Allison Brie. Oh, as uh, Piter mm. as Piter DeVries, I had uh, Chin Han Lao from The Dark Knight. Um, oh yeah, because he's very good with calculation. I would just do ben- <laughs> I would do Benedict Cumberbatch as Piter like DeVries. <laughs> my Chani was Rosario Dawson. Oh, I would make Cumberbatch my um, Fade Rotha. Rotha. <laughs> That's a good one. I had I had evil Chris Evans as Fade. Ooh, like oh, basic, oh yeah. basically his character from Scott Pilgrim, but for real. That'd be good. <laughs> Got my own line. Is that all your? Uh, Cast. What other characters are? There? I mean, what uh Ben Stiller is the mocap Shy Halud. The rest of the Freeman <laughs> are just the guys from Star Spartacus series. Andy Circus is everyone. I, I went so a, I went a different route and I just chose the cast of Modern Family and placed them in their appropriate <laughs> All right. He he told me about this but then wouldn't tell me anything, so I'm dying to hear this. So uh Well, I mean I think we- So I had my Paul, uh that's Manny. Okay. He's the smartest one. And I did that. I didn't want it. Luke. I don't know. I think she have been Alex. Yeah. Yeah. That, Alex that makes should, sense. I also would have accepted. Uh, I had Alex I also would have as, as the dad. <laughs> listen, I have a great one from the dad. Um, Alex, I had as uh, Princess Rulon. Mm. With the, they could switch. Lily Al- as the abomination. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Alia is Lily. Um, Lady Jessica, Sophia Vergara, very protective. Mm. Um, the Baron. I went with Phil Dunphy as the, the dad. I didn't want to see. There's the obvious. You could go with the fat guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought that, Stone that Street. Is I mean, the Baron but is I gay. Or Al Bundy. The Baron yeah. is gay. I think uh, Eric Stone Street Cameron from Modern Family would be better as the Emperor, a fancy Emperor. <laughs> okay. And that would that, and that would be um, Mitchell would be the Duke Duke Leto. Oh, Mitchell. Okay. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Um, he wouldn't be like fate, I guess. I don't know. But so I wanted, I, mean, I, I wanted, I wanted uh, Luke and Dylan to be the fade Robin duo. Okay. Luke would be fade because okay. 
I just I, I think they're they're great together. Which one's just, Dylan? I haven't seen enough. He's, he's the boyfriend that's season. also kind of dumb. Oh, 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 gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha. Luke would be fade. Yeah, Welcome yeah, to the yeah. Modern Fam cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to because I've 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 seen enough Modern Family to know m- most of the characters, but I'm not like hey. Join us next week when we do the Godfather recast with Modern Family. The Modern Fam cast where we where we fan cast with Modern Family characters every single. <laughs> Major franchise. Uh, Shawnee would be Haley Dunphy. Um, Gurney or Stilgar. Um, Jay Pritchett, the, you know, Al, B- Al Bundy would just mm-hmm. be Gurney or Twofer. He would just wear, switch hats. He's just like four Yeah, characters. he would just like, yeah, he would switch hats and have a beard for all those, like the, you know, the mint hat, the... the <laughs> he just has a mole. Yeah. He's moving a mole around <laughs> his face. No, I'm Gurney. My mole's um, on the right side. <laughs> If you're, if you're caught up, I guess he was in the last season. Um, Dr. Yue would be Andy, which is the a- Adam Devine. Yeah. Devine. I knew he was From Workaholics. Yeah, Workaholics. Oh, yeah. He would be the traitor just because they uh, kidnapped his girlfriend that doesn't really, isn't, is really, doesn't exist. I, yeah. don't, I think I've seen uh, five episodes of Modern Family, so oh, this yeah. is all going over <laughs> my head. Uh, Claire would be Reverend Mother Mohim. Oh. Well, that's the weird way I went with it. <laughs> All right. Oh, and it's Princess Aurelia and I had Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. Mm. Just plays oh. a combination of uh, Allison and she Rachel. She can play everybody. Yeah, maybe she should be everybody. She's everybody. everybody. Her and, her and, she's Welcome all the girls to and Andy Tatiana Circus. Cast. Andy Circus is all the boys. Okay, so uh, in honor of uh, me being on here, I di- also did uh, a fan cast. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <clears throat> Go for it. Scott Adkins is Paul Atreides, the only son of Duke Leo, a man of honor in a galactic feudal system ruled over by an amoral emperor. Threatened by the Atreides code of liberty, justice, and free speech, the Imperium <laughs> conspires with the ruthless Harkonnen clan against Noble House Atreides, setting in motion an unforeseeable series of events that will decide the fate of the known universe for the next 10,000 years. Atreides is sent to planet Arrakis, also known as Dune, to oversee the mining and shipping of the Spice Melange, a powerful narcotic that has given mankind mastery over time and space. However, being given Arrakis and holding it are two different things. Leto and his concubine Jessica, who's as beautiful as she is brilliant and brilliant as she is deadly in supernatural space karate, <laughs> and their son Paul, try to adapt to this harsh desert world and be embraced by its hardy and mysterious natives, the Freemen. But as the Atreides cement their claim on the untamable planet, enemies from within and without begin to slowly chip away at House Atreides' defenses. A surprise attack by the Craven Harkonnen, supplemented by the invincible Sadukar, soldier fanatics of the Imperium, leads to the death of Leto, the Harkonnen flag flying over Arrakis, and Paul and his mother fleeing into the desert. Victory now and forever, or so they think. They thought scattering his army would break Paul's strength. They thought killing his father would break his spirit. They thought the desert would take his life. Big mistake. Big mistake. With an entire universe against him, and death following his every step across the living hell that is Arrakis, Paul Atreides must not only survive, he must thrive. Then it cuts like a montage of him like knife fighting with free men, <laughs> yeah. and then teaching them, and then like, yeah, like learning lessons about each other and becoming friends. Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. It ends with him riding the, riding a yeah. snake into uh, it, Out of the sunset, yeah. like, a, like a Michael Bay helicopter shot. Yeah. Okay. And we're back. Amongst the Freemen, Paul Atreides' formal martial arts training has bonded with the Wasteland Warrior's savage brutality. And within these ruthless killing machines, he's found an army more fearsome than the Emperor Sardukov. Paul Atreides died in the endless oceans of sand and was reborn as Muad'Dib, a cunning master of guerrilla warfare 
and he's cutting a bloody swath through the old ways of a galaxy, too stupid to know it's already dead. <laughs> a final battle against every army and civilization. A showdown with the powers that run the universe, and a duel with Fade Rutha, a pretty prince who thinks himself Paul Muad'Dib's equal, all come to a head in Dune. Starring Scott Atkins as Paul Atreides, Russell Crowe as Duke Leto, <laughs> Christopher Walken as the Emperor, the Spice must flow. The Spice must flow. Nick wow. Cage as Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> he who controls Aragos controls the universe. <laughs> Monica Bellucci as Jessica. Dolph Lundgren as Stilgar. Ronda Rousey as Chani. Emily Ratajkowski as Princess Arulin. Rob Riggle as Gurney Howick. <laughs> Yes. And of course, Sean Bean is Duncan Idaho. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has to die. My taglines The blockbuster has awoken. <laughs> this summer, the worm swallows you. <laughs> Dune, spread the word. The killing word. <laughs> we should just put that up front as our synopsis. Uh, yeah, it's, that's perfect. It's great. Anyway, welcome to Climax. It's a milestone <laughs> episode. It's the first podcast to appear in the middle of another podcast. <laughs> Taking it over. Double cast. Well, that was pretty damn good. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. So I let's get into the I would have taken Aaron's, Aaron's uh, idea of uh, a Steve Buscemi in there. And Steve Buscemi is the traitorous Dr. Huey. <laughs> uh, they have my re- wife. Remember the tooth. <laughs> the tooth. It's just remember a close-up of Steve Buscemi's mouth, uh, which is, which uh, is oh, horrifying. Yeah, I, I hate it. Remember the tooth. It I don't want it anymore. Tooth. As he mouths the word in slow-mo, tooth. tooth. Just close-up of his teeth, like his uh, tongue running along his teeth. Uh, oh, and Fed, leave the boy. <laughs> wow Wowie wow That's a big sandworm That's, that's, that's the yeah, sandworm I've seen Wow Oh, oh no that's The a house lot of Atreides has been destroyed That's a lot of Fremen Yeah. <laughs> Told me they wouldn't be a problem So our version of Dune Alright Alright All right. I, be- I, would, I would make that that's movie That's a much better version I would and give two million dollars no. Either of the other three versions of Dune We've talked about that were Either made into some sort of Film or almost made it into something. I have no funding or backing, but I promise mine will have way more spin kicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note. Yeah. So that was Dune. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we hope you've read the book because otherwise this podcast will be incomprehensible. That's fine. Just You'll just read the you, book. You should read the book. It, read, why, read is it not, why is just it read. not required reading in schools? Whatever you're doing, <laughs> just stop what you're doing right now. Stop listening to this podcast and go read it. Also, you At should watch Jorodowski's Dune. The documentary. The documentary. Great. Fascinating. And hate fuck your way through the 1980s version. <laughs> yeah, just, the 1984 so version is amazing if you've read the book. Yeah. Because you're like, that was a bold choice. They got <laughs> everything in there and more. They did. They were like surprisingly faithful to like the story of it. It's just the weird like sound weapon was. Well, they also <laughs> skipped like the entire second act where he earns his place among. Well, the they skipped men. a lot. They made it like movie version of it, but he like, like they, showed up and then he's the like, he stands in front of him, like, "Hey, we need to take over the solder car." I'm like, eh, we don't really like you." So then he like <laughs> rides the worm and then does drugs. He comes back, he's like, "We need to take on the, we need to take on the." I think I, was, yes, yeah. I, I think I was just <laughs> expecting it to go like completely left field, like have like very little to do with the book, and it kept a lot more of it than I thought it was going. Well, to. earlier, Aaron went down the 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 the, the IMDb page. Of Lynch, and he should have been able to do this, and and yet it was like 
superficially weird. It's like, look at these costumes and like yeah. look at his dumb hat. But it's like terribly written. Like they did nothing with like the actual narrative story. Oh, yeah, for no, him, the man. dialogue and everything is just like Ugh. it was painful. So to get so so read the book and then action super and stiff. then and then watch watch the movie after drinking five beers and then <laughs> and then watch the min- and then watch the, the sci-fi miniseries and then read the Wikipedia pages for the Brian K. Anderson and then, one. And then do the, a podcast about it. Then play yeah. the RCS and send Dune it to games. us. Dune games. Yeah. Um, trade, trade Dune podcast with us. <laughs> you could email us at myarmsarelasers at gmail.com or on Twitter myarmsarelasers. Yep. You know, at myarmsarelasers. Yes. Or all of us personally, I'm at Godimus Prime. I'm at Good Aaron. At Carney BS. Lat Momen. Are you Lat Momen or Lat Mopan? Uh, the name is Mount Latmopan, but it's still at Latmoman. <laughs> it's confusing. My name now. is a killing word. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on My Arms Are Lasers, The Mountains of Madness Whoa. by H.P. Lovecraft. Is that, is that as racist as Mr. Lovecraft is? And You know, I, I think he works a little bit in like a sprinkling little spicy a, seasoning. A, a on taste everywhere. of bigotry. I'm but, but believe it or not, this does qualify as a sci-fi book for reasons we will get into. Hmm. But Stargates, <laughs> lots of Stargates. Lovecraft, Universal Soldiers. I've soldiers. never read a Lovecraft, which is weird. My dad well, was super into it, and well, this is the your brain. this is the <laughs> longest thing he ever wrote. It's, oh God. I think it's novella length. <laughs> so he we'll mostly, see you in four months. No, no, no. It's it's actually not even. Yeah, as he's lo- he's actually he's a short he, story. He was author. prolific, but he only wrote like five pages. He would write. Ah. He H.P. Lovecraft wrote for pulp fiction magazine so he would sell lots of short stories but this one it was like novella length so it's like um i think 120 pages or something That's easy bad. read everybody read it and then we'll come back and talk about hp <laughs> racist craft so Joke. thanks for listening Joke. and remember the spice must flow the spice must, must flow, flow. Ooh, deep. Ooh, deep. How's everyone? How's everyone Let's read books. Uh, Dune's a book about sand. <laughs> Let's just do this. There's whole a lot of sand uh, and worms. There's space worms. Did you just look up? Dune? <laughs> uh, guys, I read the I read the entire Wikipedia page on sand dunes. This is going to be a great podcast. I'm really excited you brought me here. Let's start with the Saharan sand dunes. Now these ones are the most interesting because the Sahara has been slowly creeping into the uh, forests and jungles of Africa. I'm going to stop you right. There, farts. <laughs>